How are you, uh, Mr. Matthew Parks? I'm good. How are you, sir? Um, okay, thank you. Now then, let me just uh, quickly put my presentation up quickly. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much, Honourable Chair, and good morning, members. Um, thanks for giving us this Kosatu slot just to comment on the additional amendment bill. And hopefully we'll stick to your to your guideline, Chairperson, just focusing those additional clauses. Um, Chair, look, I just think, yeah, just to, for the premise, um, as Kosato, we do support the legalization of cannabis for private, uh, commercial, and for medical purposes. I think we want to note the additional amendments um, provided for in this additional bill. And I think we want to support the objectives of the bill, and I think we should welcome and appreciate the efforts by the committee uh, to really try to address the public concerns which were raised in the first public hearings on the original draft of the bill. We think this, bill, this, this uh, additional provisions does take us some significant way forward, and that's positive. Um, so I think, Chair, yes, Kosato, we support the intentions to provide a legal framework for, for cannabis for personal, for medical, for religious and commercial purposes. Um, sorry, Chair, can you still see the presentation? Yes. Sorry, this thing of being a co-host momentarily just dis dis disrupted me. Let me, I'm just going to ignore those. Um, apologies for that, Chairperson. No, no problem. Um, so yeah, so, sorry, Chair. So I think we are, we are just concerned a little bit um, that in some ways the additional provisions in the bill might do the opposite of that. Um, and perhaps it could be our interpretation, or could, perhaps it could just be a question of wording. Um, we think in some instances the bill's provisions uh, to be fair, a bit unrealistically bureaucratic, for lack of a better word, a bit cumbersome uh, from ordinary members of society or religious institutions, and thus might unintentionally be unworkable, unworkable or ignored by society. So the opposite of what we had hoped to achieve. Um, we think in other instances, the provisions might be a little bit unnecessarily restrictive and thus may in reality continue to prohibit the decriminalization of cannabis. Um, so we do think that there's perhaps a need to reflect and to review on the bill's provisions to ensure that they, they meet the good objectives of the bill, which is to decriminalize cannabis for, for private use. So Chair, just on the, the provisions around personal use, I mean, I think we support the objectives of the bill and its provisions to allow for the personal use. Uh, we think the additional amendments in the bill, uh, we believe will help address this objective. So we welcome these additional provisions. Um, and I think we welcome that they bring the the rules in line with the smoking legislation, for example, that you can't smoke in front of children or whatever. Um, and I think that we also want to work on the provisions specifically around public education and the provisions around uh, children as well. I think those are positive provisions. Chair, around the provisions for, for religious purposes. <clears throat> um, so again, we support the intention of the bill to allow the use of cannabis for religious purposes, but we are, the provisions requiring the registration of religious institutions and representatives, we fear might be a, I mean, there may be a necessary compromise, but we are worried that we need to, to weigh it up against the ability of the state, you know, the police uh, to enforce compliance. And we need to weigh that up against the realities of, of a significant proliferation of religious institutions. We recognize here we're speaking specifically about the Rastafarian community, but I think we've all witnessed over the past, you know, 20 years, the real kind of growth of many religious institutions. So we are a little bit fearful when we don't believe that the provisions requiring religious institutions to provide the numbers of persons who will be participating in religious activity where cannabis is used, 
and a long list of kind of other requirements, we don't think that's really practical or feasible. Um, we think that if we make it too cumbersome or bureaucratic, uh, we might just simply discourage, you know, religious institutions from complying with the law. We might end up bogging down the minister or the department, assuming he would delegate those responsibilities in administrative work. And I think we might also make the task of ordinary police officers in enforcing compliance a bit of a bureaucratic nightmare. And I think the intention of the whole bill was to 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 avoid that. Um, so a proposal that run the religious aspect, uh, honorable chair members, is simply to to revise and see if we can drastically simplify the provisions enabling religious institutions to achieve legal compliance. Um, and we think this could be simplified perhaps to a once-off registration that could easily be done. But I think, you know, for example, if we're going to say provide a list of all your members of your congregation, um, yeah, that, that might just simply end up being ignored in the realities of, of life in the Cape Flats or wherever. Chair, um, on the provisions for medical use, I think we support the provisions legalizing cannabis for medical use. Uh, we welcome these provisions in the bill, and we think that will really provide badly needed relief for many persons who would benefit for, from cannabis for medical purposes. And those provisions, I think, Chair, are really help, quite helpful. Then, Chair, just kind of getting towards the end, um, so we've been discussing the commercial use. Uh, we know government has been busy working at a hemp master plan and so forth. And we support providing a legal framework for commercial production, sale, and consumption of cannabis and related products. Um, but I'm not sure, Chair, at times, and it could simply be our reading of the bill, but we are concerned that the bill is a bit divided and contradictory. We're not really clear on where does government stand. So does government support the development of this industry? Or does it not? Um, if it does, then we think that the legal framework needs to be a bit more clear. Um, if it doesn't, then it, again, let's make that clear in the bill. But we feel right now, Chair, and again, it could be our interpretation, it's not clear. Um, it's quite clear that how cannabis can be used for personal use. It's quite clear how it can be used for medical use. But it's not really clear how it can be produced, sold, or used for commercial purposes. We think this might end up sending confusing signals to the public uh, to commercial producers, to law enforcement. So I propose on that one, Chair, um, was just simply see how can we revise and drastically simplify provisions providing for a clear framework for the commercial production, sale, and consumption of, of cannabis. Um, so in conclusion, Chair, um, I hope we've stuck to the time frame. I think we want to welcome this additional uh, uh, revisions of this additional amendment bill. Um, I think we want to appreciate the Portfolio Committee's real efforts to address concerns in the original draft of the bill. We'd want to support and welcome these. Um, and particularly, we want to welcome the provisions for personal and for medical use. We think this will help to address those calls made that time in the previous hearings. Uh, but we think, Chair, the provisions providing for religious use, um, they are well-intentioned, but we think they're unrealistically <laughs> bureaucratic, not unbureaucratic. <laughs> Un unrealistically bureaucratic and need to be simplified to ensure compliance. And I think lastly, Chair, we think that there is a need for clarifying the provisions for commercial production, sale, and consumption, uh, because they are a bit confusing, and I think it will help if they're clarified for, for all of us. Um, so that's our presentation, Chair, and hope we stuck to, to your requirement of just sticking to the timeframes and to the, the additional amendments. Thanks very much, Honorable Chair. No, you did. You, you did. Uh, you were very efficient with time. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Pats. Um, uh, questions, members? Uh, Mr. Swart? Morning, Chair. Morning, colleagues. Morning, Mr. Fox. Thank you for your presentation. Very briefly, because we have got limited time. 
I just, uh, our position as the ACDP is quite clear on the bill, and I appreciate the additional concerns that you have been raised. Uh, in particular, the issue of the bureaucratic nature of regarding religious institutions. And I just wanted to support your view in that regard, that it would appear that a once-off registration process would probably be far more helpful and that a bureaucratic process of looking into numbers and that would not be helpful, given the fact that this exemption should basically only apply to Rastafarian communities. So I just wanted to express our appreciation for your input. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, I see no other comments or questions. Thank you very much, Kosato. Thank you, Mr. Parks, for the input. Uh, your inputs will be considered when we deal with the bill in a close-by-close close manner. Cool. No, thanks very much, Chairperson. Thanks, members. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Fanzel? Uh, good morning, yes. Um, sorry for the, the strange name appearing on the screen. Uh, it's a, a problem I've not been able to, to resolve yet. Um, yeah, so... Um, uh, I am going to present some findings from, from uh, uh, my anthropological study. So it's, uh, in some cases, I would say it may be deviates a little bit from, from the, the aim set out of this meeting, but um, I'm hoping you will uh, agree to, to just bear with me so, because I think it is applicable to uh, the bill uh, as a whole. And um, since the, the new draft is uh, an entirely new you know, iteration, including all the um, additional comments, maybe, maybe it can be seen in that light. Uh, would that be okay? I can't hear you. Uh, um, what, what, what is your question? Um, so, yes, I, I um, sorry, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so, so uh, my, my uh, presentation might deviate slightly from, from uh, the, the aims of um, uh, this, this uh, meeting, but uh, it does actually comment on, on the bill as a whole. Um, and I will address mostly uh, uh, plant counting and quantities, if, if that's okay. Um, so if you bear with me, I would like to share the findings of, of the study just to inform of what I found uh, the public view on, on the bill at the moment is. So you want, you want to address the issue of quantities? Uh, among other things, yeah. So um, are, you not, anyway. are you not focusing yourself to the three uh, clauses that were advertised? Um, well, I, I think it does have bearing on those things, uh, but it sort of broadly um, touches on those things. No, we would like to appeal to you to address the issues that were advertised in the public hearings because most of the other issues we have already dealt with, with those mm -hmm. issues. There were public hearings. Uh, we spend about three days dealing with those issues in the public hearings. We are quite advanced with the bill. Please, people do not, must not uh, uh, bring us back. Can you focus on the issues that were, were advertised this time for public hearings? Oh, okay, that's going to be a bit difficult with uh, how my presentation is set up. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's, if it's going to be relevant then. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and then, uh, yeah, <laughs> because I did prepare this for, for you know, for, for uh, the public to, to consider. So I, I, would, I would really like to, to be afforded the, the opportunity to present this. Um, uh, may, I, may I just go ahead and, and uh, present? 
if uh, if it does cut into um, uh, my my Q and A time, I would like to request maybe an extra two minutes just to complete the presentation. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, can I start? Proceed, uh, Mr. Khedert, Mr. Uh, Franzel, on the issues that we have asked you to present on. Okay, so uh, uh, good day, honorable members of the Portfolio Committee, honorable members of the Parliament, and all attending members of civil society. Uh, thank you for the port uh, Portfolio Committee for the invitation to present on some of the key findings from my anthropological study as uh, uh, it uh, relates to campus policy development in South Africa. And I'm a trained anthropologist currently focusing on campus policy uh, development in South Africa, which forms part of my master's dissertation in social anthropology. Um, so over my ongoing research, I've been interviewing a diverse intersection of cannabis stakeholders throughout the entire value chain for a period of about eight months. Uh, this participant pool uh, for my study includes users, cultivators, sellers, government representatives, NGOs, indigenous knowledge system representatives, uh, entrepreneurs, scholars, legal advisors, medical practitioners, activists, uh, among others. So I've been engaged in academically focused uh, cannabis research for almost three years. Um, first, I focused on understanding cannabis and stigma among South African public for my honors in anthropology, and I'm currently working on policy development for my MA in the same field. Um, I've also been researching uh, cannabis informally for well over two decades, so I think it's fair to recognize that I have my pulse on the finger of uh, the cannabis community uh, and understand the, uh, in a nuanced way the key issues that various stakeholders involved face in light of the cannabis private purpose as well. Um, so the perspectives I present below uh, are a reflection on the aggregated patterns emerging from the analysis of research-related data, which can otherwise be phrased as the actual voices of South Africans. Um, so as it pertains to, to limitations in growing, um, research participants consider the suggested parameters of the goal unfeasible uh, for most home cultivation and private use purposes. Um, there exists a broad range of use cases for cannabis for which the bull does not provide. Um, the pervasive view exists among participants that the parameters of the bull impose unfair limitations, uh, with the bulk excluding a large number of South Africans from cultivating and storing the quantities of cannabis they may require for their personal needs um, and during an annual growth cycle. So uh, consider that the cannabis plant is an annual plant, meaning it is subject to seasonal limitations for propagation and uh, cultivated outdoors. Um, indoor cultivation is expensive and not everybody can afford it, nor possess the required space or means uh, indoors for continuous cultivation throughout the year. Uh, so in summary, the main points of concern expressed by participants can be listed as follows. Um, being subject to an annual cultivation cycle of the cannabis plant, the quantities uh, one can produce for a year's supply, particularly if cultivated outdoors, uh, four plants may not be enough for an individual user. If raw plants are juiced, for example, hundreds of small plants, not seedlings, are required to keep a healthy supply going. Uh, plants in this state won't necessarily get you high, uh, but they do not qualify as hemp either, according to the bill. Um, eight plants may not be enough to provide the amount of oil uh, an individual may need for palliative care. Um, there are other medicinal cases which do not qualify as palliative uh, that require a large quantity of cannabis to be cultivated and stored for an annual supply. Um, eight plants per household may unfairly limit cultivation when one uh, uh, sorry, when, when more than two individuals live together in a community space. Imagine a case where three to eight individuals share a property but can only cultivate eight plants between them despite having vastly different needs. Um, lack of space remains a major concern due to uh, many South Africans living in areas where they do not have the private space or means to grow their own cannabis and may not have the funds either to purchase licensed cannabis. Um, the, there is also no provision made for growing in a space accessible to them 
but not associated with their own dwelling in the current world. Um, cultivating particular strains may, uh, means one uh, needs to keep mother plants that retain availability of stable plant genetics. Um, and growing from seed is not the same as taking cuttings uh, to clone from a mother plant, for example. If one grows four different strains, uh, only four plants can be flowered to produce usable cannabis, um, as the mother plant needs to remain in the vegetative or non-flowering state for an indefinite amount of time. Um, the bull's definition of the difference between a cannabis plant and a seedling is also problematic for both novice and seasoned cultivators. Uh, one does not uh, always know how many plants will survive, hence needing more than four or eight plants to secure a large enough harvest if partial crop failure does occur. Um, furthermore, when growing from seed, one needs to grow many plants to select desirable genetic expressions for further propagation. Uh, genetic expression is not uniform uh, between seeds derived from a single flowering uh, or plant type. So, Reflecting on this, it is evident that plant counting is simply not feasible. Furthermore, participants broadly communicated that they do not want this type of regulation imposed on cultivation or quantities as it seriously complicates and limits their cultivation efforts. Uh, we have liberal limitations on alcohol one may, may possess, 150 liters per private property, um, and we do not limit the amount of tobacco someone may possess. Uh, why are strict limitations then relevant to cannabis, which has been shown to be safer than both tobacco and alcohol? Um, the suggestion made by most participants in this regard uh, to the above problems iterated by the bull would be to abolish the notion of plant counting entirely, or at worst allow for a much higher limit of the number of plants allowed for cultivation. Uh, this will have to be in the hundreds to allow for equitable cultivation for all the needs expressed above. Uh, Delimiting amounts uh, seems like the most elegant manner in which to address this problem. Uh, participants remain firm on allowing unlimited quantities. For Mr. Fanzel, you have yes. one minute. You have one okay, minute. Um, possession in private uh, at any given time. Uh, by not having plant count limits, uh, burdens on the South African police service can also be alleviated and unlawful arrests will no longer flood court roles. Um, one key point is evidence-based policy. Uh, broad intersection of participants feel uh, and, and request evidence-based policy for cannabis regulation. Many have expressed that they feel the government not being clear in their reasoning and are offering very little clarity on how decisions are informing policy uh, and why. So requests have arisen among participants for the source material and decision-making processes to be made publicly, publicly available. Um, this is because the shared sentiment exists that the bill largely ignores available scientific evidence, which confirms uh, that cannabis is relatively safe, especially when compared to other legal substances like alcohol, tobacco, and certain pharmaceutical drugs, both scheduled and unscheduled. Uh, participants additionally feel that uh, cannabis regulations should be approached proportional to alcohol and tobacco. So in this, um, transparency, accountability, accuracy, and relevance all form part of the core elements of inclusive evidence-based policy and are informed by cohesive patterns of perspective emerging from the research data is based on uh, interactions from study participants. So this is what they think um, evidence-based policy would be. Just to reiterate, because I won't have time to go through all of this, um, transparency, accountability, and accuracy um, and relevance of the bill is very important. And then just to close, um, you know, the excellent diversity of cannabis stakeholders, values and cultural expressions all need to be acknowledged and understood fully if, possible, uh, if policy to be inclusive. Culture is not uniform. Um, uh, cannabis culture is less so. Um, rather, it exists on a spectrum consisting of many different aspects and expressions, some polar opposites and some even uh, incompatible. This is why relevant policy uh, is needed to engage existing stakeholders, to engage them. Otherwise, people will continue to find a way, especially if the government uh, is inattentive to their needs. This is simply Thank you very much. Okay, I will end there. Thank you for, for your time. I do appreciate this. Um, yeah. Thank you very much.
members, as you would be aware, that uh, Mr. Fanzel did not address the three issues that we asked uh, people to address uh, when we invited public hearings. Um, it's up to you if you'd want to ask him questions, but the issues that he has raised, we have already dealt with them in the last public hearings and in our subsequent meetings. I see no hands. Can we move to the next presentation? Uh, Rastafari National Council. Rastafari National Council. Um, let's, let's move. Marijuana Board of South Africa. Uh, greetings, how are you? How are you, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm Stephen Tabelokuno from Marijuana Board of South Africa. Can I make a presentation? Yes, you can start. You have 10 minutes. Um, unfortunately, I won't display it uh, from the from the screen. You uh, due to load shading, uh, the presentation they needed. Uh, we just experienced some load shading as we speak, so the computers went off. Can you give the other one a chance, my leader? Proceed, experience proceed. Your time is moving. I must just proceed. Okay. Uh, my name is Stephen Tabelokuno from Marijuana Board of South Africa. Marijuana Board of South Africa was formed in 2016 and registered uh, uh, in that year. Furthermore, we therefore started to make engagement with governments, various government departments locally and internationally. We made engagement with various marijuana businesses locally and internationally to discuss the issue of marijuana legalization. Uh, not only in South Africa, but in the continent. As part of our Africa Liberation Month, we say it is time that we liberate South Africa. We are now speaking on behalf of traditional leaders, traditional healers, and Rastafari society who have given us the following note. That in 2020, the United Nations uh, rescheduled cannabis from the narcotic and furthermore the issue of the western cape spoke on the draft and trafficking act the western cape subsequently confirmed uh, the qualification that we must look into issues of cultivation possession of marijuana 
So government was given two years to create laws and government has delinquently failed. That's why we are living in a state where there is no law. Uh, the human rights of the Rastafari people has been violated by the South African government ever since apartheid. Uh, we have also seen this uh, early last year where the quaking in in Union building was harassed by the police for planting ganja. When discament leaks are dealing daily. So there's a collusion between government and big farmers to oppress and steal the intellectual property of natives. There's also the issue of uh, laboratories and dispensaries that are there, which black people are not part of. So it is biased to the white monopoly capital. So black people face arrest in this country. Our leaders are killed in this country. And the issue of uh, John Smart going to the League of Nations to tell the League of Nations that uh, Kanja is not good for the people. It was not based on science. It was a pure lie. So we need to correct that by looking at the schedule of cannabis, because now we are in a cannabis codesa, but we don't know what is the schedule of cannabis as we speak, scientifically speaking. You see, we are now dealing on assumptions that cannabis is bad. We agree with Kosat when it says that uh, there is no clear law. Now, government is not clear to say how we regulate the cannabis industry. Look, there is the liquor port. It regulates the, 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 the liquor industry. And it also look into the issue of forming the industry associations to make sure that the value chain is there. Why government is failing or shying away from that model, which is uh, 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 also there in South Africa, we can see. So we want to speak to parliament to say parliament must make sure that uh, they, they free the cannabis industry and, and its people. Uh, the other issue is the issue on section one that uh, we recommend that uh, there must be modification there. Uh, the words possess in private be removed, prescribed qualities be removed. Um, we look into section two, that uh, in section two also the prescribed qualities be removed because these prescribed qualities are the ones that brings confusion. When we say cannabis is far better than cigarette, but there are no prescribed uh, qualities for cigarette and other things. So we need to be clear in terms of that so that our, our people could benefit in this uh, cannabis and hemp industry. We further agree on the issue that was raised by Kosatu to say, let us look at this bill to be looking at the private space, further look at the commercial space, and further look at the religious aspect. And we agree with the issue of religious aspect because we have noted that uh, the United Nations has since uh, 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 given the sacramental right to the Rastafari society uh, uh, back then. So these are guidelines that we request that our South African government must look deep into itself to say, we are here to bring about change that has never been seen before. And it cannot be fair 
that when we are discussing change like this, our people are still arrested. I could be invaded even today. Uh, the traditional leader, Hila, tomorrow could be invaded by your, by your police. It is not fair. Uh, it shows that there is corruption in the cannabis industry. And politicians are busy dealing, denying the ordinary citizen to deal. So we request that the government must be aware that it is late. You are supposed to, 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 to have done this law consultation uh, uh, by 2018 uh, to 2020. So you failed. Now we are two years late. But in this gray area, the big farmers, the pharmaceuticals are benefiting. Discament leaks are dealing heavy on TV every day. We see them advertising their things. But we, the local, the natives, we are benefiting nothing. It's just as Roy Boss. You did this with Roy Boss. And our people never benefited from repos and hoodia up until we had to win it at an international court. No, South African government must repent from its way, the way they do things. Just look at SAPRA, for example, what is doing there. SAPRA is just giving people uh, 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 licenses willy-nilly without checking whether they comply with triple BEE. Those things must be questioned. We cannot be sitting here discussing development that is not going to favor us, especially as natives. Because even here, we are here discussing. You can see that we are not equal. Others can present on beautiful big slides there. You could see their presentation are ah, well. But for us who cannot afford, we cannot be even afforded a minute so that we check that how could we do when there is load shedding. Chairperson, this attitude that you use to oppress us when we speak about ganja, it must end. It is not fair. You must free the black natives to speak about cannabis. And we said these discussions must go to communities, not online. Previously, all the presenters, they say they don't want the bill. They rejected the bill. But you force it into them. You try to... write in red to put what is it that you are trying to do we have said to you follow the proper procedure and you are not following it deliberately because you know that those who handle you are just going are pushing you that you must push push this law on the throats of south africans when you know that you did not even have a white paper not even a green paper you just come boom it's a bill and out of a bill is being forced to us. And you are saying, I'm left with a minute, thank you, my leader. And with my last minute, I'm saying a message to the president of South Africa. South Africa, president, you have failed us. You have delinquently failed us as the South Africans because parliament was given time by, by Judge Zondo. You have failed the judgment of Judge Zondo. So we are saying to you, go back to communities of interest. Let them be part of these discussions. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any questions, members? Mr. Kuno did speak to some issues relating to commercialization. Uh, any issue, any questions? Uh, Mr. Swart? Thank you.
I find the comments against you as a chairperson objectionable, and I think you should, um, we, we, we as a committee stand behind you in this regard. This, there's a parliamentary process that is ongoing. The ACDP has expressed its concerns and objections to the bill, but I think the comments that are made against you as a chairperson are highly objectionable. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh... Uh, Honorable Swartz, thank you for that. Uh, any other questions, members? No other questions. Thank you very much. Can we have a second, the next presentation? Karu uh, Bioscience. Good morning. Can you hear me, Chair? Yes, we can hear you. Hi, can you, can you see me? Yes, we can see you. Okay, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I'm Doron Isaacs. Um, just uh, quickly to mention that um, we presented previously um, in relation to the first, uh, the, the first draft under the name Kanakaroo. Uh, the company is now called Karoo Bioscience. It's the same company. Um, and just very briefly about myself, Chair, um, I, I have an LLB and an LLM. Um, in my LLM, I um, actually, my, my dissertation was on the, the revenue potential for, for the South African Treasury um, that, that could be derived from cannabis. And, and obviously, I'm now um, running a, a cannabis company. So, so that's the sort of background of me. I think, I um, think, I think we remember you. I think I remember that uh, dissertation. Yes. Well, the, I probably don't even remember it, Chair. So I'm impressed. <laughs> um, um, okay, so I I just have a few brief points. Um, I, I'm going to just try to. I don't know if it's possible to share my screen. I don't. Oh, here, share screen. Oh, it says host has disabled that. Okay, I can just speak to you, speak to the committee briefly. I won't be long. Thank you for the new version. There are improvements. I have a few uh, brief po points to make. I, I, I disagree with, with the input from uh, Kasatu. Um, sorry, Chair, I see that um, I, I've, I'm, I'm being enabled to share my screen. Um, so I'm just going to share with you. Um, in my in my view, uh, medical use has not been adequately addressed in the bill, um, in the sense that the rights given to medical users, if you read the bill, they they're actually pretty much the same rights that the public that the wider public will have from the bill. So so I don't believe that there's been a significant widening of the space for medical use and the primary restriction on medical use will remain that no one who wants to use cannabis medically even if they have a prescription they can't purchase cannabis the bill still inhibits all commercial activity um now we'll we'll come later to to what the bill does say about commercial activity 
Um, but in that sense, medical use is still heavily restricted by the bill. Um, the second point is that I think it's a conceptual mistake with respect in the bill that the idea of, of commercial is really only associated with recreational. Um, because in many markets that have developed cannabis activity, take Canada, take California, other countries, commercial activity, in other words, the ability to buy cannabis legally, the ability to sell cannabis legally, began with medical users. So um, it, it shouldn't, we, we shouldn't think about commercial activity as only something that le that's, that's necessarily recreational. I, I believe that the bill should enable medical users to buy cannabis, but that's currently not allowed by the new version of the bill. So in that sense, it's, it's wrong to make commercial synonymous with recreational. Um, commercial should be thought of more broadly than that. And we have an easy solution. We have, we have SAPRA. Um, they subject producers to a very rigorous process. Um, we, we've just successfully completed that process, and it's, it's tough. It's rigorous. And we now have these licensed entities that are, you know, are able to export but can't sell in South Africa. So there could be an opening of the space for medical users to purchase from SAPRA licensed producers. That would be one recommendation. Um, the next thing I want to say is that, you know, the bill mentions future commercial activity. Um, but it, it, it says that this will take place under future legislation. Chair, with respect, um, it's an extremely strange clause in any legislation for Parliament to give itself permission to do something that it can already do. The bill says Parliament is allowed to, in future, make legislation permitting commercial activity. Um, there's no need for that kind of clause. Parliament already has that power. Um, and so it feels, with respect, a bit like lip service. It feels like just kicking the can down the road um, and, 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 and sort of acknowledging the idea of commercial activity without actually doing anything about it. And I think there is a, a simple solution there, um, which would be instead of postponing this to a future legislative process, which... You know, we've all seen this is this is this is takes a lot of time. You your committee has spent many months and days and hours on all of this. Um, why go through the whole thing again um, when we're in the midst of it now? Um, and so, it would be better to task uh, the Minister of Justice and Correctional Services in concurrence with the Minister of Trade, Industry, and Competition to prescribe regulations. Um, to govern uh, commercial activity. So you, you would say, as the bill does, you would say this, um, this legislation uh, permits, commercial com permits commercial activity subject to, and that subject to would not be future legislation, 
it would be regulations. Um, and that would be a way of, of actually taking a step forward instead of just postponing this to another legislative process, which will be as arduous as this one has been. Um, because so, so that's the recommendation. And lastly, um, you know, the idea of, of recreational, uh, it, it's just not necessarily the right, the right term. Internationally, it's not really the term that's actually used anymore. Uh, the term is adult use. Um, people, even if they don't have a medical prescription, even if um, there is a, a sort of recreational component, they use cannabis to, to, to deal with stress, to deal with insomnia, um, to deal with lots of things. It, it, it's, it's the, the broader category is, is, is generally thought of as adult use. Um, recreational um, sort of um, limits the, 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 the way people use cannabis a bit. That, that, that's not a major point, but, but I just thought I would add it in. Um, so, 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 you know, just to, I've, I've only got one more slide. Um, and two minutes. It, it's just to come back to, to the point I made earlier about conflating recreational with commercial um, which the bill does. It, it, it only envisages commercial activity in relation to recreational. But that's, that's not quite right. Um, you can have commercial activity in, 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 for, for medical use and you can have rec commercial activity for non-medical use. And what's missing in the bill is this green square. The idea that those with um, medicinal grounds be it a doctor's prescription or, or whatever, that they could actually buy cannabis. But that's not possible under this bill. And so I'm, I'm drawing the committee's attention to this green square and saying, let's please address that in, in the bill. Um, so, so, Chair, uh, that, that's really all I wanted to say. Um, and, and thank you. I, I would be really happy to engage any, any discussion that, that, that there might be. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Um, are there any questions? I see Honorable Swart has a question. Honorable Swart. Yes, thank you. Very briefly, I, we, we, you know, we've come a long way with this bill and um, from the ACDP side, we understand that there's no usage, but our concern has always been the, the impact on um, those, the abuse, and particularly on children. And I'd like you to comment on the issue relating to last month, 36 high school children suspended for smoking DACA at school. Now, you referred to Section 1, Capital A, the commercial activities, which speaks about new national legislation dealing with harm reduction, demand reduction, and prevention of persons under the age of 18 years to access recreational cannabis. Now, at the moment, it seems that even when it's illegal, there's still widespread um, usage abuse. And as the Medical Research Council presented evidence to us, that is likely to increase. So that is one of the reasons we are opposed to the bills. But I'd like you to comment specifically on whether you believe that the provisions in the bill trying to balance 
commercial, and you correctly point out to medicinal usage, how the impact on particularly children will be minimized, given that there's a broad view that there should be broader access to cannabis. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Um, look, I think we, we, you know, there'll be some differences between yourself and, and me, but, but we, we agree about two fundamental things. The, the first is that cannabis use is very widespread today. And, and, and I'll, I'll say why that's important um, in a moment. And the second thing we agree about is that cannabis is not harmless um, it, it, it can have potential harms, particularly with, with developing brains in, 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 in adolescence. So um, we, we agree on those two fundamental things. But what, what civilized societies have realized for a long time is that when something is extremely widespread, um, the way to, do, to undertake harm reduction is not to try to um, is, is not to try to stamp that out through prohibition because it simply doesn't work. Uh, we learned that in the 1920s with alcohol, and it's taken us another hundred years to learn it in relation to cannabis, which is obviously vastly less harmful than than alcohol. Um, and 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 so. We, 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 the, the, what happened um, recently with those school children um, is happening because cannabis is extremely widely available in our society. Now, the committee must decide when anyone accesses cannabis. Okay, obviously, I don't believe children should be able to buy cannabis at all. Um, advertising should be carefully controlled, there should be public health messaging. So, of course, um, it should be as difficult as possible for, for any child to get their hands on cannabis. Okay, we, we agree on that. But cannabis is extremely widely available. Now, when people, adults, legally access cannabis, should it be from someone on the street selling them something which may have fungus in it, may have heavy metals in it, may have pesticide in it, may have with, with, with no known dosage, with no known potency, or should it be something that the state has some oversight and ability to quality control? And if you and, and so at the moment, the, the policy is people, we know everyone is, can access cannabis, and we're basically accepting that they can access the most dangerous, uh, or <laughs> not, not that cannabis is particularly dangerous, but um, without any uh, ability to, to do quality control. Okay. So I actually believe that a regulated market would make those kinds of incidents less likely, not more likely. And what we've seen in other jurisdictions um, is that abuse of cannabis does not go up with regulation um, and, and legalization. So I, I disagree with that research. There's much evidence to the contrary. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but I'm saying as an interim step, you know, if, if, if there's a great concern about um, a widespread adult use legal cannabis, which I don't believe there should be, but, it, but if, if, if that's a bridge too far, 
then at the very least, those with medical prescriptions should there should be a, a mechanism in this bill enabling them to purchase cannabis, which there is not. Um, and 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 so that is a great missed opportunity. And if if instead of postponing any commercial activity to a future legislative process, allow the the appropriate ministers to prescribe regulations to do that. That that will still be a rigorous process, subject to public participation, but it won't postpone this um, uh, indefinitely. Thank you very much. Any further questions? And none. Mr. Isaacs, thank you very much for your input. Uh, it will be considered further when we deal with the bill plus the plus. Thank you, Chair. Thank you to the committee. Thank you very much. Uh, members, can we have a five minutes break, a comfort break? Simon, Mr. Makwela, can you switch your mic off, please? Okay.
Thank you very much. Can we start? Umzimvo um, Bufama Support Network. Good morning, Chair. Uh, good morning. Mr. Stone, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chair, and good morning to you and to the honorable members of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services. My name is Ricky Stone. I'm a practicing attorney and I'm also a director of the Umzimbubu Farmers Support Network. Regrettably, I'll only be making submissions myself on behalf of the organization today, which is. Sorry, Chair, if other members could just, if Russ could respectfully mute. Thank you, Russ. Thank you very much. Uh, people who do not mute are going to be kicked out of the system. I proceed. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. As I mentioned, Chair, regrettably, my other directors and, and any of the actual former beneficiaries of the Amapondo Asset Kalkeni were unable to join me to make these oral submissions due to the, the patently unconstitutional short notice. We were only given notice on Sunday evening um, for the oral representations to be made today. Of course, we must reserve our rights in that respect, Chair, as we do. We, of course, made previous submissions on the bill um, and participated in the oral submission hearing, which took place last year. It, it's quite clear to us, Chair, that our previous submissions quite clearly were not even considered, although there have been 
the three further additions to the bill, uh, there's clearly no accommodation for entrenched customary and indigenous rights, many which have existed for well over 500 years. Uh, very importantly, we had asked the drafters of the bill and the portfolio committee to consider the international guidelines on human rights and drug policy. And we thought that was very important, Chair, because had that taken place, uh, I mean, those guidelines by, by, by reference, it's a reference tool for policymakers and lawmakers. And had those guidelines been considered, then we would have seen a bill which was reframed through a human rights lens. And, and what we see here with respect is continued apartheid-era prohibitionist mindset, which really continues to filter through almost every section of the bill. Um, and it's unfortunate that, that is the case. And just quickly in respect of consultation, before I move on to the three additions, I think South Africans are becoming uh, well accustomed to consultation for the sake of consultation. Um, merely to tick the necessary boxes in the lawmaking process, the committees alluded, Chair alluded to earlier that this bill will be passed uh, this year already, which I suppose begs the question as to why these requests for oral representations are even being put out to the public um, and really what the rush is, considering that it's, it's almost four years since the constitutional court judgment. So just, just quickly then, Chair, at a very high level, um, notwithstanding the unconstitutionality of, of the bill in, in total, we will provide some high-level comments on the, the recent additions to the draft bill and also outline some of the problematic components of it. The first addition in, in the so-called commercial clause. So, of course, the, the intention to include this provision um, dealing with the commercial aspects of adult use cannabis, and again, again, we align with the speakers that have come before us that the, the term adult use is far more preferable than, than recreational. Many adults use cannabis for, for purposes other than recreational use, so that term should, with respect, be retired. So, of course, these commercial provisions are, are welcomed, absolutely, although it's utterly inappropriate to attempt to enable such a commercial industry through an undefined and yet-to-be-drafted piece of natural legislation. So, with respect, again, that is a red herring of the highest order. Insertion of a commercial provision is hardly enabling anything of substance, and it appears to be a clear attempt to appease those members of civil society, and indeed government itself, who've called for the liberal liberalization of adult use cannabis. Um, and this is, of course, undoubtedly a significant market opportunity. Um, of concern is the use of the word may in section 1 capital A2, which implies merely by the language used, that it would not be mandatory for national government to enact such legislation. However, the intention of the draft is, is quite clear that government must enable such a commercial industry. So we would recommend that a fast, more suitable provision, um, whether it would be empowering a minister to promulgate regulations, uh, would be that the commercial components, to the extent that there is an additional bill that's already been drafted and is nearing finalization, would be to insert a mandatory time frame, which within this piece of, of national legislation that will be promulgated. So it, in our view, it's, it's preferable to return the current bill to the drawing board. It, it seems wholly incongruent to introduce commercial provisions into a bill, which from the outset uh, was merely focused on uh, cannabis for private use by adults and indeed the, the private cultivation. So we respectfully submit, Chair, that what South Africa does require is a single piece of cannabis law that caters for all legitimate uses of cannabis, be it medical, non-medical, or adult use. Um, and 
the all important industrial uses of cannabis. So our view is that this existing piecemeal attempt to liberalize cannabis in South Africa by retrofitting specific existing pieces of legislation is clearly not working and it's riddled with myriad unintended consequences um, and really is devoid of any legal certainty, which is, of course, a, a huge problem, particularly to, to myself as a practicing attorney, given countless members of, of the cannabis community advice in this country almost on a daily basis. So while SARPRA purports to issue medical cannabis cultivation licenses, and this is something we made extensive submissions on previously, that they don't actually have the, the legislative authority to, to authorize the cultivation of cannabis um, SARPRA's mandate quite clearly uh, in terms of the Medicines Act is to regulate the manufacture of medicines, which is a far stretch from uh, the cultivation. Indeed, the word cultivation doesn't even appear once in the Medicines Act. So that's a huge concern. It's, it, uh, the, there's an entire multi-million rand industry that stands at the risk of collapse um, due to these patently ultra vires uh, medical licenses, if I can call it that. Then much has been said of the agricultural department's uh, hemp regulations, um, but of course there's, there was clear oversight and, and further unintended consequences. So while it's well-intentioned to introduce a, an industrial cannabis industry or hemp industry, the THC percentages that have been set are arbitrary and unscientific. Um, and in a matter of months, that, that will be revealed when, when many farmers have to destroy the, the hemp that they've cultivated. But of course, what's more problematic is that without the Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act being amended uh, and continuing to define cannabis, the whole plant, and any part thereof, um, means that hemp uh, cultivation is unlawful itself. But perhaps of the, the greatest concern to us in, in, in all of this talk around commercial opportunities for cannabis is that there's clear evidence which is emerging in both in the Western Cape, in Gauteng, and in the Eastern Cape itself. Um, of SARPRA licensed medical cannabis operators, which are selling their, their cannabis or rather dumping it, which is a more appropriate word, their, their raw cannabis material and flower into the illicit market. And this is occurring with impunity and it's having a, a significant knock-on effect, um, particularly to our rural indigenous cannabis farmers of the Amapondo nation. So we're currently gathering evidence in that regard and we will raise it in the appropriate forum. Um, but of course, this, this aspect of, of commercialization, it, it's needed rather quickly because one of the, the more important unintended consequences of the cannabis, or, or sorry, rather the privacy judgment of the constitutional court, um, and in as much as the judgment was welcomed, it's had the effect of, of absorb or drying up markets for the existing farmers in the Amapondo. Many of them haven't sold cannabis. Uh, we accept that they've been participating in an illicit industry, um, at least for the past 100 years, but uh, notwithstanding they participated in a lawful industry for 400 years before that. Uh, so many of these farmer, benefic farmer beneficiaries are really at the verge of, of, of slipping way further into poverty and are now well below the, the breadline. Then the second uh, addition, the Rastafari religious exemption. So of course we welcome the, the accommodation of the Rastafari, it's, it's long overdue. However, it's wholly inappropriate to elevate one religion or culture for that matter above others. So, I mean, such an attempt would clearly violate section 36 of the constitution. It would not amount to a, a law of general application. Um, and it similarly offends section nine of the constitution, the right to equality and the prohibition of unfair discrimination. So we made it pretty clear in our previous written and oral submissions that the Amapondo equally enjoy religious, spiritual and cultural practices. 
Um, yet we don't see any such enabling provisions coming through in the latest iteration of this bill. So, in, and in addition, then it's, it seems unclear, just on a plain reading of the bill, that the express provisions um, relate only to Rastafari religious and cultural use. Um, notwithstanding the, the rather extensive provisions which are set out in the draft, when one reads between the lines, and particularly the corresponding provision um, 1B, uh, it's quite clear 1B11C defines a cultural community or religious community to refer only to the Rastafari. So it must, of course, be appreciated with respect that the, the process to recognize and exempt a specific religion or culture is overly cumbersome. It involves a drawn-out process involving ministerial involvement, pronouncement, and authorization by means of issuing persons. It will... Yes, Chair. Thank you, sir. So uh, we must just then say, Chair, why a cultural or religious community now requires a permit to practice their religion um, is legitimately questioned. It clearly amounts with respect to excessive government overreach. And the same may be said in respect of palliation or self-medication. It's a self-defeating addition. Um, why an adult person wishing to use cannabis for self-medication requires the authorization of a healthcare pr practitioner is questioned. This is really akin to blurring the lines between medical cannabis and, and self-medication. Uh, the state law advisor himself, Mr. Robertson, made it abundantly clear the intentions to treat cannabis no differently to other legal substances such as alcohol. And in that regard, you don't need a permit to consume as much alcohol as you literally want. So, Chair, just in, in summary, then, we would say that although these new additions are welcome, um, they seem to be wholly incongruent. Uh, we would caution Parliament um, and this portfolio com committee to do to really consider the, the effects and particularly any unintended consequences which would follow, particularly as it would overburden um, our existing farmer beneficiaries who have cultivated cannabis for many hundreds of years. Thank you very much, Chair. I would welcome any questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Stone. Any questions, members, or comments? Uh, Mr. Swart, Honorable Swart. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Stone. Always uh, very excellent inputs from your side. I'd just like to, to ask you about the one issue you raised about clear evidence of those that have software licenses on dumping um, their goods or the cannabis onto illegal markets and you're gathering evidence. Um, can you just avoid on this and will you be laying charges in this regard and how does one prevent this going forward, should more, should there be even greater regulation? Is this not a great area of concern? Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart, and really appreciate your question. Uh, of course, as it's a concern to you, um, as it should be, it, it really is a concern to us. I think the uh, quite clearly the this undesirable situation has arisen because there is no domestic market um, in respect of medical cannabis. So uh, many, many of these SARPA licensed cultivators clearly are having issues with, with export. Um, and I, I suppose they're hiding behind the fact that they're licensed. Uh, the, these are, are, are really big established agricultural entities. Um, and as I alluded to, we are gathering the necessary evidence we would hope to, to make it available to the portfolio committee. And indeed, um, in my professional capacity, we have instructions on behalf of the Amapondo farmers 
to bring this to SARPA's attention and, and to all the relevant ministries. So we can only hope that, that this is something that the, the Portfolio Committee takes, um, takes alert of and takes note of. Uh, and, and again, while we would submit that we need one single piece of, of cannabis uh, or cannabis law rather, and one single regulator that, that is really capacitated, has the resources um, and can enforce existing uh, regulatory and licensing conditions. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Stone. Thank you for your inputs and your comments. Thank you very much. Your inputs will be noted and dealt with when we deal with the bill clause by clause. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, Cradle Stone Quality Solutions. Yes, good morning, Mr. Honorable Chairperson. I'm present. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? I'm good, thank you, sir. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Thank you very much. Uh, you have 10 minutes. Thank you, sir. May I share my screen with you for a presentation? Thank you very much. That will be welcome. Good morning, honorable members of the portfolio committee and members of the public that are witnessing. My name is Marlene Tienerson and I am the founding director of Cradlestone Quality Solutions. I provide quality management consulting services to legal cannabis facilities in South Africa, uh, in the medical sector under the SAFRA licensing scheme and in the industrial sector to those who have been issued or wish to apply for a hemp permit. Additionally, Cradlestone Quality Solutions, uh, uh, sorry, provides consulting and system solutions with the aim of establishing legitimate private cannabis clubs by utilizing carefully researched and designed legal arguments to create a management system to guide the club in its activities and operations. I appreciate the time limit imposed on this presentation and therefore I'll not go through all of the comments that we've submitted to you as this invitation serves as proof of your acknowledgement of the receipt of such comments. Honorable Chairperson and members of the Portfolio Committee, I wish to use this important time that you've granted me to speak to the concept of the Private Cannabis Club and how it can be recognized and incorporated into the BOEMS realm of private use in a simple and effective manner. I am aware of previous discussions that this committee has had on this topic, but would respectfully submit such additional information for your consideration. <clears throat> Moreover, I would like to draw the committee's attention to developments taking place in jurisdictions such as Malta in the sphere of cannabis clubs. Earlier this year, Malta has regulated recreational cannabis for personal use and has specifically allowed for the formation of cannabis clubs, non-profit organizations that aim to cultivate and distribute small personal use quantities of cannabis among its members. Spain has also had cannabis clubs for more than two decades, although it is not as closely regulated. The point I'm making, honorable members, is that cannabis clubs is not a new phenomenon and that other countries have already found a working solution within this concept as a non-commercial exercise of fundamental human rights. 
Both Malta and Spain require that cannabis clubs are established as non-profit entities to ensure that no dealing could take place within the ecosphere of the club. These countries also require harm reduction measures and some level of reporting to the quantities of cannabis cultivated and issued to its registered members. The South African currently unregulated cannabis club model founds itself on two current laws. The privacy judgment of 2018, which as we all know states that an adult person may possess, consume and cultivate cannabis in a private place for his or her own personal consumption. It also demand or claims the freedom of association, which is entrenched in section 18 of the Bill of Rights, which states that everyone has the right to freedom of association. Private cannabis clubs wish to exercise these two rights simultaneously by claiming that private does not preclude collective. Therefore, it is exercising its right to privately consume, possess and cultivate cannabis collectively. Honourable members, whether this committee somehow acknowledges the concept of the private cannabis club in this bill or not, it is inevitable that a court of law will eventually be tasked with judging this concept and determining its legitimacy in terms of the bill's provisions once enacted. The committee would do well to consider section 39.2 of the Constitution, which provides that when interpreting any legislation and when developing the common law or customary law, every court, tribunal or forum must promote the spirit, purport, and objects of the Bill of Rights. At its core, honorable members, a legitimate private cannabis club is an entity specifically established to assist adult cannabis users who do not alone or by themselves have the time, space, knowledge, or resources to, uh, that are required to exercise their rights to cultivate, possess, and or consume cannabis in private. Owing to the Prince Privacy Judgment, these rights are constitutionally protected under the right to privacy enshrined in Section 14 of the Constitution. In other words, it would be arbitrary and irrational in conflict with the rule of law on the one hand and likely constitute unfair discrimination on the other hand if the only cannabis users who benefited from the right and decriminalized status conferred in terms of the Prince Privacy Judgment and indeed in the bill were those who had the resources required in order to privately cultivate cannabis by and for themselves. Accordingly, any law that regulates the private use of cannabis cannot feasibly differentiate or discriminate between such groups of people, especially considering the vast socioeconomic disparities and inequalities that exist between people in these respective groups. In our submissions, there are primarily two models of legitimate private cannabis clubs, namely, firstly, the personal or private model of private cannabis club, whereby members individualistically contract with and reimburse the private cannabis club for assisting them to personally and privately cultivate their own plants. This is a model which is exclusively grounded in the right to privacy entrenched in section 14 of the constitution as per the Prince Privacy Judgment. The second model is a shared or collective model grounded on both the rights to freedom of association and the Prince Privacy Judgment, 
appropriately captured by the widespread stockfile concept. Under this model, individuals come together. They are sharing resources, knowledge, activities, and they achieve a common, that, a common purpose that is often social or public um, through cooperatives or nonprofit associations. And this is done in order to exercise their rights to privately consume and cultivate cannabis. In our submission, a court tasked with determining the legitimacy of a personal private model or a shared collective model of private cannabis club will have to consider the spirit, purport, and object of the Bill of Rights and interpret clauses 2.1 and 2.2 of the revised bill, assuming it was enacted as the revised bill, in line with, firstly, the equality-based imperatives to not irrationally differentiate between people or to unfairly discriminate against people, which is entrenched in section 9.1 and 9.3 of the Constitution. Critically, the right to freedom of association that is entrenched in section 18 of the Constitution. And this is to cover and sanction private cannabis clubs with either model. In other words, honorable members, there is nothing about the wording or indeed the context of clauses 2.1 and 2.2 of the revised bill that prohibits an adult person from performing the permitted personal use activities by enlisting the assistance and or community of a private cannabis club designed and established to those ends. So the argument goes, a court would take cognizance of the corollary nature and the indivisibility of the rights to privacy and the freedom of association when interpreting clauses 2.1 and 2.2 of the bill, as it would be required to do in terms of section 39.2 of the constitution. And the court would likely hold that these provisions permit cannabis enthusiasts to join and form private cannabis clubs. This argument would apply mutatis mutandis to a shared collective model of private cannabis club that is pursued as a non-commercial means to safely access safe cannabis for private use by a vast number of cannabis-consuming South Africans who make regular use of stockpiles and who do not have the means or resources required in order to cultivate and consume cannabis by and for themselves away from children or to track and trace individual ownership of individual cannabis plants by individual members. Already established private cannabis clubs in South Africa operate privately within a non-profit entity to prove that it could not be dealing in cannabis and it includes only existing cannabis consumers as part of its members' base, only adults as well. It utilizes a supply follows demand. We have one minute. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chair. It utilizes a supply follows demand stance to ensure that it uses this closed loop system to supply cannabis, uh, to, to provide cannabis for its members. These clubs are implementing harm reduction practices already, as can be seen uh, through the requirements of the bill uh, clause 1A3, uh, which lists six requirements of which the private cannabis club is already complying to. Uh, these are all discussed in our written submissions, uh, honorable members, so I will carry on. The private cannabis club model can be beneficial to the economy, both in tax revenue and in job creation. 
The model can be utilized in a stockpile manner to extend these opportunities to indigenous and rural communities who always tend to be left behind at the start. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Malian. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, members, are there any questions? And uh, thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you for your presentation. It will be considered when we process the bill. Uh, thank you very much. Can we have the next uh, presenter? Okay. Uh, Phil. Hello. Um, uh, hello, Chair. Hello. Can you, before, can can the cattle uh, stone remove its presentation? Thank you very much. Uh, fields of green for all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable members of the committee, my name is Myrtle Clark and I'm managing director of fields of green for all. As South Africa's longest standing cannabis re-legalization civil society organization, I would like to just remind the committee by quoting the head of the Commission on Narcotic Drugs, who said that the role of civil society is to create a bridge between public health and criminal justice. That is our role and Fields of Green for All's position remains unchanged. We reject the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill outright. The, the recent amendments have only served to make the bill even more unconstitutional. The Cannabis for Private Purpose Bill is not based on evidence. The Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill is based on the perceived harms of cannabis, the plant itself, and the trade therein. The Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill is not the solution to the commercialization of cannabis in South Africa. The responsible adult use of, ca of cannabis does not equate, as my colleague Ricky Stone has already mentioned, to recreational use. And the continued use of this dismissive term further highlights the lack of knowledge of South Africa's centuries-old cannabis culture. Fields of Green for All spans the entirety of the existing unregulated cannabis industry in South Africa. Let it be noted here that Fields of Green for All stands in solidarity with the Mzimvubu Farmers Support Network, an organization whose impeccable submissions to this committee have been ignored. And here I refer to the feedback on um, our submissions. Both Fields of Green for All and the Mzabubu Farmers Support Network did not receive any feedback during uh, the Zoom session that was dedicated to that. We also stand with the Marijuana Board of South Africa and ask that the committee considers, considers that Mr. Nkunu's indignation is the result of years of oppression. We understand, uh, Honorable Swart, that um, you found uh, uh, Mr. Nkunu's presentation uh, somewhat insulting, but please consider that he comes from a sector of cannabis culture that has been persecuted for many hundreds of years. 
In the interest of brevity, we respectfully ask that the committee considers the entirety of Fields of Green for All submissions, as everything we have said thus far also applies to the amendments below. It's for this reason that our comments take the form of questions that we would like the committee to answer. In addition, we ask once again that the committee considers our publication, Cannabis in South Africa, the People's Plant, a full-spectrum manifesto for policy reform as one of your resources. On to the amendments as outlined in the invitation to comment. Commercial activities in respect of recreational cannabis. As above, we, we object to the, the use of the word recreation. As this serves to discriminate against responsible adults who use cannabis as a safe relaxant. We further reiterate that it does not serve the progress of a legitimate cannabis industry in South Africa to create a muddle of provisions for commercialization within a specifically private bill. What about the fact that both Judge Davis in the Western Cape High Court and Judge Zondo in the Constitutional Court described dealing in cannabis as a social ill? Amendment two, the cultivation, possession and supply of cannabis plants and cannabis by cultural or religious communities or organizations for cultural or religious purposes. The amendments are clear that this refers to the members of the Rastafari religion. Once again, I reiterate that we stand with the members of the Rastafari religion. However, my first question, why is preference given to a religion that is less than 100 years old when we have records of the use, cultivation and trade in cannabis in Southern Africa for over 700 years? How are the enforcers of this law going to identify a member of the Rastafari religion? Will it be by the color of their skin or will it be by their hairstyle or will it be by their clothing? Does the committee believe that this amendment will pass constitutional muster? Amendment three, the use of cannabis for palliation and medication. Many factors make the inclusion of this amendment problematic. Where is the scientific evidence to support the lengthy explanations around THC levels? This has serious implications for patients growing their own medicine under the proposed bill. Are we going to end up with one set of laws for sick people and another for healthy people? Has the committee considered that the number of plants prescribed may not be sufficient for a patient to grow their own medicine? Who is going to come and count our plants? Who comes to our homes and counts our bottles of whiskey? Has there ever been any consideration of the perceived harms of, of the cannabis plant in relation to the suggested criminal sanctions? Eight years for having too many plants. Eight years in a cage. Honourable Smart mentioned that we have not considered the harms to children and highlighted a recent news article about children taking Dacha to school. Teenagers are naughty. Teenagers also take alcohol to school. Has Honourable Swart considered the harms of incarceration 
robbing children of their parents and subject, subjecting citizens to police brutality and corruption. Our Honorable Constitutional Court Judge has highlighted in earlier submissions the overcrowding in South African prisons. Are we going to continue to lock up cannabis users, cultivators and traders together with hardened criminals who have actually caused harm to society? In conclusion, Fields of Green for All thanks the committee for their time and looks forward to the formation of a South African DACA commission so that the evidence may be heard and we may all achieve laws and regulations that are fair, sustainable, and in line with our world-class constitution. At Fields of Green for All, we will not give up until the person who sells the matchbox on the street corner has the opportunity to graduate into the legal cannabis value chain. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Madam. Uh, Fields of Africa for All, Fields of Green for All. Uh, Honorable Sort. I appreciate the input and I did want to just mention to Fields for Green that I appreciate their manifesto for policy reform. Um, it's a lengthy document and I would encourage all members to read this document. I also appreciate your comments and I want to emphasize that from my perspective, I have always, the ACDP has always proposed restorative justice approaches. But I'm not going to engage in all the questions. These are obviously I appreciate the questions we put and we can deliberate on some of the issues we but I do want to just appreciate the manifesto um, that has been brought. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, please, please, uh, can you mute your mics? Fields of green for all. Do you want to make a, a comment on what Mr. Swart has said? No. Thank you very much. Can we move to the next uh, presenter? I believe that Colin would be the Colin and Associates. Thank, thank you, Chair. Um, Paul Michael Keichel here from Cullinan and Associates. Perhaps you also recognize me as you did uh, my colleague, Ricky Stone, um, although I had uh, less facial hair, I think, when I last presented. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cold living in the shadow of Intlosan Mountain. <laughs> um, good morning to you and uh, to the other honorable members of this portfolio committee, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, going third last and not being sure <laughs> that all of the other um, commentators who have been invited are here today, um, it's, it's really just an attempt to not repeat or not overly reinforce what's already been said, but to maybe mop up um, on a few um, points or maybe note a few observations, some common themes uh, throughout all of the presentations. Um, and also because the written submissions are before you, um, I'm also going to try to avoid um, repeating those, um, perhaps just with a little bit of reinforcement here and there. Um, I don't think it's turned out to be quite as long a day as we anticipated. And 
with the greatest of respect, I think I think that that is twofold, and um, uh, the, the reason for that is twofold. And the first was something that was raised by my colleague um, Ricky Stone, which had to do with um, Parliament, with respect, revealing its hand and saying that this bill was going to be passed this this year, come what may. And I think that um, again, with respect, the, the the presentations have been a little bit hamstrung by the fact that we we're instructed to confine ourselves only to commenting on the, the, the red insertions or amendments to the, the previous draft. And um, it, it, it does reveal a certain uh, bias in favor of the bill being viable and being constitutional as it stood and the various red line insertions actually serving to, to better the bill. But the submissions now, uh, or the, the, the people commenting or submitting today do have our hands tied behind our back uh, because there is an obvious interrelationship between the amendments to the bill and the fundamental bill as it was. Um, and, and there are certain comments and legitimate comments to be made around the foundation being cracked or being unconstitutional and not being viable for any sort of amendment. And the reason that I say this again with respect is because you know this this opens government up to further constitutional challenge, and we don't want this process to be tied up in the courts for decades to come. So the invitation really is to engage with us um, on a constructive basis and to get this bill right. Um, and when I say this bill, I mean what it ought to be, being a cannabis for all legitimate purposes bill, not just for private purposes. Um, but now. Just going back to to the actual comments on the current draft of the bill, um, there there is in, in what has been mentioned as the bureaucracy or the, the unnecessary bureaucratic process that will be achieved by two of the insertions around um, cannabis for uh, self medication or for palliative care, as also for the the religious and cultural uses. What you're really trying to do is you're trying to say, well, if you are a normal, um, healthy citizen who isn't part of a recognized religious or um, cultural community, then you are limited um, in the following respects. But if you are sick or are, uh, or you are a black Rastafari and you can prove either of those things, well, then um, you are entitled to certain exemptions in terms of the bill. Now, what... I would argue is that this offends um, something that was already determined back in 1996 by the Constitutional Court um, in respect of uh, S versus Bulwana, that's 1996 1SA338 um, Constitutional Court, which is that the presumption of dealing in the Drugs and Drugs Trafficking Act is, is unconstitutional. You already are going to have certain other statutory crimes. Um, if you are dealing in drugs and you are proved to be dealing in drugs, well, then you can go to prison for that. If you're, if you're dealing without a license, be it a medicinal license or a so-called license to deal in cannabis for, for adult use. Um, what you don't need is a presumption of dealing snuck in via the back door by saying that if you grow or if you cultivate above a certain number of cannabis plants, it cannot possibly be for personal private use. Um, you are smoking too much or you are consuming too much cannabis in, in our eyes, um, in, in, in the eyes of the lawmakers. And therefore, we're presuming that you must be dealing in cannabis or you must be committing a crime. So you are opening yourselves up to constitutional challenge um, with respect by, by what I would say is a sneaking in of a presumption of dealing via the back door. Um, 
I'm going to reinforce as well what was raised by my colleague Ricky Stone that peace, 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 the, the piecemeal amendment of the various acts of parliament that, that were never intended to apply to the legitimate uses of cannabis is causing more and more problems than it's creating. We, we see that in, in what he raised around the fact that licensed uh, cultivators in cannabis are actually falling foul of the law because SAPRA has misinterpreted the interrelationship between the Drugs and Drugs Trafficking Act and the Medicines and Related Substances Act. And the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill, even with the amendments, uh, it, it's a piecemeal step towards a regulated cannabis industry uh, and even a regulated personal and private use regime. And we say better to acknowledge what we've done wrong, not try to retrofit what we've done wrong, and rather to start again from the drawing board and to get this right. Um, of course, um, the, the issue of children has been raised a number of times. I don't think any of the submissions have said that we ought to be um, encouraging children to use cannabis or endorsing the supply of cannabis to children. But what we, of course, need to bear in mind is what was raised by Myrtle Clark, that you are often doing more harm than good um, by enforcing these things too strictly, um, children being children and teenagers being naughty by nature. Um, and it's certainly not a justification to create a presumption of dealing. If you are, in fact, caught dealing to a minor, well, that's a different story. But you don't need to create a statutory presumption. Um, one of the concluding observations is that, um, yes, the, the, the speaker from the Rastafara National Council might have uh, stepped on some toes and perhaps his frustration shone through. Um, now, I don't think it's necessary to uh, get too defensive as the portfolio committee, but I think that the more constructive approach um, is to note um, and to take heed of the frustration of, of a traditionally uh, suppressed community. Um, second last point is that the mandate of parliament in this case is to legislate uh, constitutionally and to reflect the will of the people. Um, civil society and business, uh, certainly in the first round of oral submissions and written submissions and um, in this round of both of those things are united in at least most of the very important issues. Yeah, there are some uh, divergences here and there, but on the whole, we are speaking to government with a united voice and parliament with respect ought to take heed of what is being told to them by the people who, who voted um, who voted them into power. Um, and, and insofar as Parliament is saying that we are going to pass this, this bill, come hell or high water, what you're saying is twofold. You're saying that Parliament knows better than the actual people who are subject to the laws as to what is good for those people, and that you are accepting of the fact that if there are these legitimate criticisms, well, these are things that are going to be uh, determined by a court of law instead of in a participatory process. So again, I'm left to encourage you to, to rather take heed of the initial submissions and these submissions, and let's get this right this time around. Um, and finally, I'm going to conclude with uh, what, to reinforce what was said in our written submissions around this exemption around uh, cultural and religious uh, communities. Now, the, the, the very fact, and this was actually um, dealt with in great length in Prince One, the first judgment of the Constitutional Court back in, uh, 2002, that it creates a bureaucratic nightmare. It's completely unpoliceable. Um, I, 
if I were to grow dreadlocks um, and, and, and start saying that I'm a member of the Rastafari religion, um, it would be very, very difficult for any bureaucrat, whether part of the South African police service or some other government department to contradict me just because I was white and because, you know, of other arbitrary grounds. So the, the point is that what is deemed to be uh, good for a black Rastafari must also be deemed to be good for a white atheist um, or for that matter for a colored Christian. Um, and, and we can go into any sort of uh, granularity as to the rainbow nation. There, there, are all people, there are all creeds and all kinds of beliefs in this nation. And it can't be that we are going to offend section nine, the, the equality provision of the constitution by saying that some people can have more of something than others just because of their beliefs or the color of their skin. It's unconstitutional. Um, and it's discriminatory. And therefore, I would encourage them, I would encourage Parliament to look at Section 36 of the Constitution, um, which is the rights limitation clause, and to draft a law of general application. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and everybody is subject to the same law without exemption. Um, thank you. That, that is the extent of my oral submissions, and I would welcome any questions from uh, any of the members present today. Thank you very much, sir. But what we should correct is people must not put words into our mouths. We did not use the words, come what may. We are going to pass this bill. We did not use that word, those words. We said it's our intention to pass this bill this term. I, I, I sincerely apologize for putting words into one's mouth. Sometimes the, the, the nerves are... Get, get one to, to, to speak a little bit out of place, but I do apologize that was unintended, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Swart. No, Chair, I, I appreciate the input from Mr. Kaysaw, and I think the issues related to the religious exemptions, um, what has been raised by him and various other speakers, um, are issues that we need to concern ourselves with. Um, and whether we are creating a, a specified group of people with these exemptions, even relating to the palliative care that I think we need to carefully consider. At the end of the day, I think it's very important that we need to be fully aware of constitutional queries when one doesn't want us as parliament to be found wanting uh, constitutionally. And I think these inputs are very valid that we are hearing and it's a, um, there are continual concerns coming through about the constitutionality. And we would have to satisfy ourselves uh, from the parliamentary legal advisors as well that even Dr. Lewitz sees on the platform that these proposed amendments are constitutionally valid, given the fact that the, um, the parliament, that the law advisors would have certified the bill prior to the additional amendments that we've now considered. I think that's the one point I wanted to make. I also wanted to just respond very briefly. I, I didn't take any offense at what Mr. S um, that was said previously against the portfolio committee. What I did take offense about was singling out the chairperson who is chairing the meeting. And I appreciate there are a lot of frustrations with the community. My perspective is to try to bring a, a different perspective because there are just as many members in the communities whose lives have been ravaged 
by abuses of cannabis. And I don't think we are hearing that perspective strongly enough. So, Chair, I, I just want to make those two comments and appreciate the submissions that have been made this morning and appreciate the frustrations that have been expressed. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart. Uh, over to you, Mr. Keisher. Uh, thank, thank you, Honourable Swat. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I, I think that just the one comment on on the first um, on, on the first uh, statement that you made was that absolutely these, these constitutional concerns are are absolutely fundamental. And there's a variety of opinion. I mean, I'm I'm one lawyer out of many who is who is uh, who, who has an opinion on the bill. You go to a different private lawyer, they're going to have a different um, opinion. You go to one state law advisor and then you go to um, the Honorable President Ramaphosa's uh, legal advisor, you're going to have different opinions. So what I would encourage is, is really just a pooling of the opinions um, between all of the various branches of government to make sure that there is a coherent um, approach um, and, and a unified approach to, to this bill. Because that has been one of the, the other criticisms that, that I've encountered through speaking to various people in civil society and business, that um, the perception, at least, is that while you might have the, the, the parliamentary portfolio committee that has one opinion, you're getting a completely different message from the DTI, from Delrad, from you, you know, other government departments. So it's, just, it's, it's, it's very difficult for any one or more one person or more people to 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 keep a finger on the pulse of what actually is is the government policy in 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 this but but i suppose this is a it's it's an unfolding process um but but thank you there's there's no comment to the the second aspect um of of what uh, the honorable swat said thank you very much sir. thank you very much for your contribution uh, uh, all your views uh, would be considered when we process the bill Thank you very much. Um, Growers Club. Thank you. Good morning, honorable members. Um, I am so glad to be back here. Um, it's good to see everybody's uh, faces again, those that I can see. Um, and we thank you for the platform. Um, before I kick off, I just wanted to uh, request uh, access to share my screen, please. Thank you. Um, please confirm that you can see my presentation. Yes, we can see your presentation. Thank you so much. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, before I kick off, I just wanted to, you know, there was a trend today for everybody to introduce their background and I found that immensely useful. Um, by terms of introduction, uh, my name is Moritz. Um, I, have or I am a professional in information security, risk, and governance, uh, with a specific focus on confidentiality, integrity, and availability of information. Um, and you know, within that context of of, of my field of, of expertise, I want to make co comments to the the comments made by Kusatu as well as Karu Biosciences. Firstly, Kusatu made made mention, and some other parties made mention of the difficulty of compliance. Uh, while Karoo Biosciences um, made mention of the the, uh, the lack of quality control within a uh, you know a home grow or a private club environment, um, I'd like to highlight that you know 
a, a quality control program is essentially three things. It's an agreement to a set of quality metrics. It's the determination of methods to achieve those 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 quality metrics, and it is the monitoring of of the the program's application to ensure those metrics. I would just like to state for clarity that you know this can be achieved outside of the SEPRA model, and you know in starting the the Holy Basil. Um, Cannabis Club, uh, the Growers Club ultimately face similar challenges to government as we want to assure compliance over a large group of people that are distributed across the country. Um, we ultimately, you know, made mention during our previous presentations of a technology platform that we that we ultimately created to enable this and to address both the, the concerns raised by Kasatu uh, and Karubayan Sciences. We would like to make that technology available not only to to government should they seek to to provide a regulatory platform, but also complementary access to any members of the public who want to govern their their internal um, cultivation operations and to assure quality for themselves. With that said, I'd like to quickly jump into our our um, submission. Um, I'd like to highlight that Fields of Green mentioned that their previous uh, submissions were not uh, responded to. I'd like to include uh, the Growers Club in, into that pool. Uh, we unfortunately received no um, acknowledgement of our submission, um, and we can only hope that, that members uh, did ultimately consider that, as regrettably, uh, very few of the members engaged us in questions. Um, in terms of, of, of the 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 current submission, we hereby propose certain amendments to the proposed wording of the bill so as to provide clarity and to avoid uncertainty and inconsistency in the future as to the ambit of the bill's application, implementation, and enforcement. The second stated aim of the bill, as currently proposed in our view, uh, uh, as currently proposed, is in our view not sufficiently inclusive of all recreational uh, users of cannabis, and we propose that the aim should be extended in the scope to read. Two, provide for the cultivation, possession, and supply of cannabis and cannabis by growers for religious purposes in adherence to Rastafarian faith on behalf of its members and for members of recreational cannabis clubs. The wording as proposed by us will, if accepted, bring social clubs whose practices traditionally involve the use of cannabis, plants, or cannabis within the meaning of cultural community as contemplated in Section 1A, Four, recreational cannabis clubs would then be able to apply um, in terms of Section 1B, A and B, to the Minister of um, for the issuing of a permit. Uh, uh, sorry, for the issuing of a permit. If such an application is approved, the, uh, the cultivation of cannabis plants and cannabis and the supply thereof to all the members of the club would be regulated by the conditions and the restrictions that may be imposed um, by that particular permit. We therefore propose that the following additional wording be inserted um, at the end of section 1b 11c after the words Rastafarian faith and members of bona fide recreational cannabis clubs. We propose that the following definition be adopted for recreational cannabis clubs in section 1 of the bill. Recreational Cannabis Club means a club, non-profit organization, or voluntary association of consenting adults that share and pursue a common interest in the cultivation and recreation use of cannabis and who combine their cultivation efforts to produce cannabis and cannabis products for its members.
We further propose that clarity be provided regarding the definition of private place in the bill by inserting the following additional wording at the end of the definition of private place, after the words as of right, provided that such a private place may be shared with other consenting adult persons. And that concludes our comments um, on, on the specific bill. Um, I, I'd like to maybe point out a, a thread um, running through, you know, various presentations uh, that we've listened to today. Um, I guess we're, you know, while, you know, everybody has has kind of highlighted some some key issues, you know, that that still remain within the the, the, the draft bill. Um, the the key ask I think from a few people has been to give someone um, authority to move this process forward. Otherwise, you know, we are going to get locked up in, in bureaucratic um, nightmare for, for ages. Um, so, you know, in, in consideration with that, we, we, we agree that, you know, the, the process needs to be regulated. Uh, we, we've offered our technology platform in order to facilitate that level of large-scale re, um, regulation um, should it be deemed necessary. Um, and we uh, hope sincerely that um, our comments will be uh, at least considered as it it does um, further the scope of of recreational cannabis use or adult use um, by allowing people not only of the Rastafarian faith but also people who adopt cannabis culture as as a as a tenant of their their lives to you know form communities and and to apply their their um, communal bond that way. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Moritz. Um, thank you for your presentation. In fact, uh, it makes uh, drafting much more easier uh, the way you have uh, made the presentation and the proposals that we have made, it makes drafting much more easier, whether one agrees or does not agree, but it makes it easier to, to assist the process. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Swart. Uh, Chair, thank you. I wanted to ask the presenter to comment on whether he has considered the 1A, 1 capital A, commercial activities in respect of recreational cannabis. And if you look at paragraph 1, subject to the enactment of national legislation contemplated in subsection 2, commercial activities in respect of recreational cannabis are hereby authorized. Um, and whether the Submitter would agree that it makes no sense because what has been said here is something has been authorized which is subject to future legislation. Um, would he be in agreement with that view? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable, Honorable Swart. Honorable Swart, I, I must apologize. Um, I, I couldn't follow the, 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 the question clearly. Unfortunately, the audio is quite poppy. Would you mind repeating the question for me? No, just to say that um, there's a, we've been asked, we've been asking presenters to comment on particularly the two clauses, religious and the commercial activities, and the one clause, which is one capital A, which basically, if you read it, it says um, commercial activities are hereby authorized, but subject to the enactment of national legislation. So, um, and would you agree with the? Chris, would you agree that it does not make sense? Thank you. 
because it's anticipating future legislation. It is, sir, and it and it leaves us in the, the, the same limbo as, as we currently are. Because the concern for us as as cannabis clubs and you know as, again as Karu Biosciences um, indicated today um, that there is that there is significant interest from the licensed parties to occupy the the domestic market um, you know so so when you know there is reference made to commercial legalization uh, we fear that that again is taken away from you know the cri- private um, club space where you know we can we can um, you know. Uh, care for ourselves, if you will, with, with, within the club model to a model where we can only um, access cannabis through large um, registered entities that have paid, you know, tens of millions of rands in order to obtain those licensing, uh, that licensing. Again, you know, that the, the fear is that, you know, leaving it to a later time, um, you know, leaves the, the, the risk open for us that, you know, our, our current right to privacy and community is not respected. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Marek. Um, Afrista Foundation. Uh, Chair, it looks like there's no one from the Afrista Foundation. I tried calling them and uh, I can't get out of them. Oh, okay. Uh, who's the next one after them? Uh, we can take the... Uh, what is this? Nyabingi National Council? Yes, Chair, I can come in. Thank you. Uh, can you proceed, sir? Uh, greetings to you, uh, Chair, Honorable Chair. All protocols observed. I don't know, is it necessary for me to show myself? Yes. If your bandwidth is low, you can show yourself and then switch it off but we would like to see you so that we can greet you when we meet you at OK. I'm sure you can see me now, Chair. Yes, we can. Thank you. Uh, my name is Rashil Nigas. I'm representing the Nabingi National Council of South Africa, which is the theocracy in order. Uh, I serve as the elect of records. I've been mandated by the priesthood and the elders to pray. Um, our oral submission. The Nabingi Church welcomes the initiative since the bill was myopic in, in granting private use without due consideration as to where the person is obtaining the cannabis from. Uh, that is not all consumers want to grow for themselves. Others simply want to buy and use. In our Bingi order notes that there was no adequate consultation. Various Rastafari individuals, mansions, houses, formations, organizations, and multiple organs had submitted. The theocracy reign ancient order of the Nabingi 
referred to as the Nabingi order, made a written and oral submission. Past submissions indicated that the Rastafari community generally rejected the bill as it stands. Rastafari advocated for the total liberation of the plant, for in particular those communities with long recorded history of traditionally cultivating cannabis, which gives them the IKS right to share in the commercial benefit of legal cannabis. The Nabinga order proposed an exemption as the only other viable alternative option to afford interim relief from the law for the Rastafari community to be able to use cannabis for sacramental purposes. On commercialization, the Nabingi order proposes a special economic dispensation with regards to commercialization, that is licensing, trade, industry, entry, special license for Rastafari, IKS, and AA groups, access to finance and land, amongst other considerations. Empowerment stimulation packages for the beneficiation of the plant across many value chains. Advantage can participate in the legal cannabis industry. Professional rights, sorry, preferential rights as a form of reparation. Ms. Linda, Ms. Linda, we are taping our meeting. Can I continue, Chair? Yes, please. Preferential rights as a form of reparation for damages suffered to assist Rastafari to enter the cannabis mainstream economy. Customs and trade barriers to discourage imports and international cannabis from dominating South African markets and prevent them producing local previous disadvantaged cannabis farmers and traders. As prerequisite, all licensed companies to report on their overall practical and measurable commitment to empower the Rastafari church and other IKS communities. Applying BEE policy in the cannabis industry to secure a meaningful participation of the historically prejudiced. Tax collected from commercialization of cannabis should partly be redirected at development of the Rastafari church and other IKS communities with some partly toward harm reduction campaigns. A public slash private cannabis trade slash advisory council be set up for this commercialization with inclusion of Rastafari representatives. The primary task of the council will be to oversee all industry, uh, sector, commercial activity, and involvement countrywide to ensure the application of the social economic dispensation is met with met in accord with the country's human resource development goals. On, exemption, on exemption, the, the Nabingi order welcomes the exemption initiative. Yet we note that the exemption is likened to the Jamaican Dangerous Substance Act. However, we wish to raise the existing serious flaws, limitations in the Jamaican Act 
which does not afford the Rastafari community and other IKS communities special rights to the shared commercial benefits of the, of the cannabis plant as stipulated by the South Africa IKS rights law of 2019. The Nabing order therefore proposes the following should be considered. Redress the unrealistic proposed quantity limits as Rastafari use cannabis in many applications. This means all references to amounts of cannabis, possession thereof, trees, etc., must be inapplicable to the Rastafari members. Definition of private space to include places of worship. The Rastafari unique ITAL standard must be catered for, like halal and kosher standards. Immediate release of all cannabis detainees and expansion of all cannabis criminal records, as well as the immediate scrapping of all cannabis active cases from the court roll and moratorium of all cannabis-related arrests. Cannabis must be freed of criminal association and be viewed rather for its recreational, social, medical, and economic benefits. Children under 18 years caught possessing and using cannabis should undergo counseling and rehabilitation programs and not be subject to imprisonment. We reject the current proposal for the minister to be the overseer of the exemption, this exemption and related permissions, as we believe this will over, overburden the ministry and delay the processing of applications. We propose the exemption should allow for self-determined, self-regulatory mechanism, which will stipulate ITAL standards, specifications, and standard operating procedures. Authorized the regulatory authority, related representation, distribution, and logistics mechanism. We will be allowed to give further input on exemption proposed to be relevant to our community. On medical applications, the Nabingi proposes, since the church has always used cannabis as medicine for the healing of the nation, thus the Rastafari community must be able to self-diagnose, self-prescribe, and self-administer cannabis for home remedy of various ailments and palliative care. Rastafari parents must be allowed to administer cannabis to children of Rastafari for healing purposes. Rastafari bush doctors must be treated as traditional health practitioners with regulatory authorities. Thank you very and much. To Thank actively you. engage. Thank you. My own. Thank you. Yes, your time is up. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, members, are there any questions? Honorable Nilvold Strahans? Thank you, Chairperson. I just need to have clarity. What is IKAS stand for? IKS and IKS rights. Can I just get an explanation on that, please? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, IKS means in indigenous knowledge systems. 
You are covered. Well, then, Honorable Mr. Come again, Chair. Now I was speaking to Honorable Neville Trachens. Do you have any other questions, Honorable Neville Trachens? Let me answer the IKS right. IKS right okay. is the right to share in the commercial of legal cannabis. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, we would not be allowing hands of people who are not members or who are not members of the department who are supposed to be responding. Thank you very much. Um, can we have the next uh, presenter uh, from the national, from the new race consciousness? Thank you very much, sir. New race consciousness. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, my name is uh, Tulampolo, uh, also known as Rasaniti. Uh, I shared my presentation with Mr. Ramano. May I humbly ask that he share the screen? Thank you. Committee Secretary. Can you speak in the meantime? Okay, uh, Chair, are you able to see the, the presentation? Not as yet, but you can start speaking. He, he is going to... Okay. All right, uh, we know that uh, this uh, parliamentary process takes place at a very important juncture. Uh, we do um, uh, want to take a minute just to commemorate the uh, African Liberation Day uh, we know that this, on this day, the groupings of Monrovia, Casablanca, and Brazzaville were ended to realize a single African body, which is the Organization of African Unity, which um, aimed at uh, political liberation, economic liberation, socio-cultural liberation, and spiritual liberation. And then this also reminds us that uh, without resources, really, um, no government can really prosper. And then in terms of um, the economic progress, we said that... Um, the cannabis uh, industry has a very potential to unlock uh, this um, economic uh, resource and economic aspect uh, in our liberation uh, prog progress of trying to reverse the 18 1844 and 1855 um, uh, Berlin Conference. And that is why even uh, Emperor LCI funded the organization just of... Just wait a bit, just wait a bit, Mr. Paul. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, thank you. You can proceed. All right. Uh, uh, and we, we note that uh, the South Africa, uh, also having been leader of this August body, the Organization of African Unity, uh, which now is the AU, through uh, Dr. Najamini Zuma and His Excellency, uh, the President um, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, now South Africa is in a position to even capacitate bodies of the AU together with the civil society, such as Pan-African Parliament, which is even 
uh, housed by South Africa. And new, new race consciousness in its constitution has a, a, a clause of working together with the Organization of African Unity. And also we see that there is a lack of a community health-based centers and also community research centers, because we also note with the processes of parliament, um, some of the research had to be conducted uh, outsourced from outside. And then we need to develop uh, community research centers and with the unlocking of the cannabis interest the industry we feel that the communities and civil societies such as new race consciousness and the Rastafara communities um, can be empowered and can play a meaningful role now on the third slide please um, uh, on purposes of the bill uh, the bullet which provide which uh, uh, reads provide for cultivation possession and supply of cannabis plants and cannabis by organizations for religious purpose in adherence to the Rastafarian faith of its members should be amended to read, provide for the protection of members and organizations of the Rastafari faith in respect of cultivation, possession, and supply of cannabis in adherence to the Rastafari faith. Uh, we feel that uh, this would uh, uh, ensure that the bullet is concomitant with the provisions of the bill because uh, in its current uh, 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 phrase and draft, the provision provides, it uh, knows that we are the Rastafarian faith and we are not the Rastafarian faith. We are Rastafari. Rastafari is the name of our central figure the, the divine emperor so it is a corruption of a divine ethiopian name so it should be spelled correctly ras tafari and uh, that's who we are and then the fifth bullet uh, which states that uh, protect adults and children against the harms of cannabis should be amended to read to educate adults and children about the responsible uses of cannabis what uh, slide please Uh, due to consideration, uh, due consideration should be given to harm reduction, should be omitted because it defeats the very purpose or and the essence of the introduction of uh, this bill and also uh, of the marketing activities and marketing potential of the emerging cannabis and hemp industry. And 1A3 B, part which reads demand reduction should actually be amended to read demand management. So we should not aim at reducing demand because we are introducing a, a, a market and an industry. So we should actually uh, manage uh, demand. And then 1A3C, uh, which reads public education and awareness campaigns in respect of harms associated with recreational cannabis should be amended to read public education and awareness campaigns in respect of benefits and potential harms associated with recreational cannabis. In that the harms are mainly perceived and uh, in, in uh, many cases not proven. Uh, thank you, slide five, please. One uh, B, one A, which reads uh, an authorized representative of a cultural, religious or community may in prescribed manner make an application to the minister for issuing a permit which authorizes cultural or religious community to possess, obtain, supply, and perform any other activity in relation to anything specific. So, uh, uh, should be amended to read the following. 
an authorized representative of a cultural or religious community may, in the prescribed manner, make a once-off application. Uh, why a once-off application? Because uh, the Rastafari have already indicated through the research and also even through the uh, resources of time and the uh, uh, consultation processes that the parliament has afforded INI through uh, the Department of uh, uh, Justice and Correctional Services, uh, that uh, this is a way of life. And if you apply to the minister uh, every year or annually, it will actually uh, subject uh, our way of life to some other bureaucratic processes, uh, which may actually even encroach on the way of life of the Rastafari community, and this would be unconstitutional. Uh, can we uh, go to slide uh, six, please, Chair? Thank you. Uh, 1B7, one one uh, which reads, give estimated quantities of cannabis plants that is uh, required to be cultivated per cultivation season and cannabis that is required for four months period for the purposes of CRL purposes, but its members and specify the manner in which such quantities have been calculated with reference to the number of adult members. Uh, this should be omitted because the estimates really can never be accurate. And the Rastafari community has never really uh, done any calculation or surveys to come up with accurate estimates. And if estimates are not accurate and this bill becomes legislation and it signs into law, uh, it will put the Rastafari community into adverse and it will be a conflict in conflict with the law. So uh, can you go to the slide seven, please? On commercial activities in respect with recreational, thank you. Uh, 1B3, B2, which reads a permit contemplated in this section must be issued in the name of authorized representative of a cultural religious community should be amended to read a permit contemplated in this section must be issued in the name of the authorized cultural or religious organization uh, and the representative of that uh, cultural or religious organization but in the main it should be in the name of the organization not in the name of an individual uh, to avoid also potential corruption uh, and then, slide uh, eight, please. One B seven B four C C, which reads: The minister may, in relation to subsection one C, specify conditions, restrictions, uh, restrict access to land or dwelling which is used as cultural or religious purpose. Should be omitted because on the church grounds of Rastafari and place of worship of the Rastafari communities, it accommodates all and does not restrict in any way access to anyone. Uh, and then, uh, can we go to slide nine, please? Thank you. And then um, the bill should be should uh, exempt the members of the Rastafari academic community and the Rastafari student organizations to possess and use when facilitating religious and cultural teaching and learning, uh, especially at institutions of learning. The bill should exempt members of the Rastafari academic community and student organizations of uh, uh, Rastafari to exchange cannabis for remuneration and fundraising on campus, uh, because uh, they also use cannabis for cultural and religious purposes, also to raise uh, uh, funds. And then uh, the bill should, okay, slide ten, please. The bill one should one exempt. One minute left. Okay, the bill should exempt Rastafari organizations to cultivate cannabis on designated premises of different institutions uh, of different of learning. And the bill should also exempt Rastafari students um, to possess cannabis in transit from one campus to another for purpose of uh, exemption of uh, religious and cultural purpose. Uh, slide 11. Sli slide 11. 
the last slide. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Mpolo. Thank you for the presentation. Uh, any questions or comments? Uh, no questions or comments. Thank you very much, Mr. Mpolo. Uh, thank you. Thank you, members of the Portfolio Committee. Your presentations will be considered when we deal with the with the bill close by close. Thank you very much. Uh, we now move to the next presenter, uh, Cannabis Development Council of South Africa. Good morning, Chair, and good morning, honorable members. Am I audible, and can everybody see me? Yes, we can see you. We can proceed. Thank you, Chair. Could, um, can I be enabled to share my screen, or can the committee secretary uh, put up our submission, please? Mr. Romano, can you assist? Right, can everybody see my screen? Yes. Thank you very much, Chair. Let me start off by saying that uh, Justice Sachs once reminded us that rights must fit the people and not the people the rights. Throughout this bill, I'm gonna, the cannabis community has increasingly be aware of the fact that a bill is being forced on us without our proper input. And I must at the start register our disappointment with the lack of interaction from the members of this community with the cannabis community. And we have felt this lack of interaction right from the time that this bill was published. We have at this stage, we must object and register our objection to the object lack of public participation yet again in respect of the, of the proposed amendments. This issue of cannabis, it continues to affect the lives of millions of people, yet Parliament blatantly discriminate against the community and consistently seem to ignore their duty to inform, educate, workshop, and feedback to communities in relation to cannabis. There has been a recommendation from Judge Gordon, or Gordon, as well as other members from civil society, that cannabis must be regulated in the same way as alcohol or tobacco, and we do not sense the impact of that recommendation in the proposed amendments. The bill still proposed to regulate cannabis vastly different from the manner in which alcohol and tobacco are being regulated. And as such, there is unfair discrimination against the members of the cannabis community. It is our submission that the proposed amendments to regulate commercial activities around cannabis flows from an improper and an unlawful interpretation of the duty and responsibility of the Department of Justice. The court imposed, imposed upon the department the obligation to ensure that cannabis is regulated in a manner that respects the whole constitution of South Africa and not just the privacy part. Parliament must therefore ensure that the bill respects the privacy, but also ensure that it doesn't violate the rest of the constitution. And we feel that the penalties and offenses created under the bill must accord with that that is currently in place for tobacco and alcohol. But as it stands, the proposed amendment and the bill proposes a much stricter penal regulation for cannabis, 
which is unlawful and endanger the bill of being unconstitutional. Now, the objective of the bill, which intends to only provide for the religious observations of members of the Rastafari way of life, unfairly discriminates against indigenous cultures and should include those indigenous culture who has a history of using cannabis for religious, cultural, or economic purposes. Section 15 and 31 of the Constitution protect religious, cultural practices, and the bill should do the same. The manner in which the amendment is structured, therefore, violates equality as well as the notion of restorative justice. The affirmative measure of the amendment is applauded, but the remedial action cannot be in unfairly discriminative. And then the right to decide what medicine or medical procedure to use is a very important constitutional protection, and government may not and cannot dictate to citizens what medicines they can use or what medical procedures to follow. The right to use cannabis, therefore, for palliative or medicinal purposes is therefore already protected under our constitution, and the bill must remove and not create obstacles to the exercise of this right. It follows that the inclusion of the right to use cannabis for palliative and medicinal reason is supported, even though it's technically not uh, required because that right is already protected. We now want to move to some of the definitions and interpretations in respect of the proposed amendments. The recommendation to change 1% to 2% in Section 1B is arbitrary, and it does not speak to South African conditions. Some of the previous speakers have mentioned that several cultivators of hemp run the risk of having to destroy their crops because of South African's climatic conditions. It would therefore make much more sense if that is changed to either 3 to 5% because the THC content of land-raised cannabis is usually between 3 and 5% THC. The purpose must be to ensure that local land-raised cannabis is not unduly restricted, especially in relation to commercial or industrial activity. Nothing prevents Parliament or South Africa from having a regulatory regime that allows that. International law, as well as recent developments, makes it abundantly clear that South Africa would not be in violation of any treaty if the level is moved to between 3 and 5%. The recommendation in Section 1C, 3 and 4 is subject to the same critique. Currently, it's an offence to drive with a blood alcohol level above 0.05%. The appropriate studies must be conducted for cannabis, otherwise these figures are simply arbitrary. The measures for regulation must accord with science. Now, we would submit that those who want to export M products must obviously abide by the 0.02% international recommendation, but for South African industrial and medicinal purpose, we should abide by the 3 to 5% level uh, in relation to THC in order to, make, to use our land-raised cannabis for industrial and medicinal purposes. The proposed limitation on heights of plant, again, is arbitrary, and it does not just reflect the South African reality where cannabis plant can reach heights of three to four meters. Possessing private should not include measures that treat cannabis as dangerous or dirty, justifying that it be shielded from the public view. If those measures are not in place for, for tobacco and alcohol, then they are unfairly discriminative. The proposed limit on trafficable quantities is also arbitrary and imposes regulatory measures on cannabis that is not similar to those imposed on alcohol and or tobacco users and is therefore also unfairly dis, uh, discriminative. The definition of remuneration as any form of compensation is unlawful because 
restrictions on rights should be narrow and not wide, and the limitation on rights should be specific and not general. Moving on to the uh, proposed amendment around the commercial activity in respect of recreational cannabis. And now it is our submission that there is a distinct contradiction in the manner in which the Department of Justice proposes to deal with commercial activity around cannabis. The proposed regulatory framework puts undue restrictions on activities that flows naturally from having the right to possess, use, and cultivate cannabis. Those same restrictions do not apply to other recreational substances. Therefore, these proposed, proposed restrictions are unlawful and unconstitutional. The definition of commercial activity as any activity that, and it goes further, is unlawful because, again, these definitions cannot be broad and general. It must be narrow and specific. Our law is very clear in this respect. Limitations on rights must be narrow, but constitutional guarantees and protections must be broad. The manner in which recreational use is understood is also problematic as it denotes our usage of cannabis as something that must be hidden from public view as if it is something undignified. Again, this is not how the law uh, in relation to alcohol or tobacco is treated. And with regard to the specific measures to accommodate the left with two minutes. Uh, seeing that there are no questions from the committee side, I wouldn't ask the uh, the chairperson to indulge me just to ensure that we finish with the presentation. No, 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 no it doesn't work like that. CDC SA supports the idea that affirmative actions or special measures be employed to accommodate religious and cultural communities that has cannabis as a sacramental or cultural object. Restorative justice measures should, however, not result in further undue or unfair discrimination. Care must be taken to ensure that opportunities are available for all who want to operate within the cannabis space. Collaborative measures should therefore be encouraged to ensure that restorative justice is accomplished while not hampering the progress of those within the cannabis industry. Now, to this extent, CDC supports and endorses the recommendations by the Rastafari Human Rights Institute on the issue of exemptions as a special measure for restorative justice purposes. Prescribed quantities for personal use by adult per, uh, uh, persons. The right to use cannabis for medicinal purpose flows from the right to have autonomy over one's body. And for that reason, one should not require authorization from anybody to use cannabis for palliative or medicinal purposes. There is an inherent contradiction in, in cultivation offenses in that it's counterintuitive to the objectives of the cannabis master plan. South Africa must encourage everybody to plant as many trees as they can in order to meet our needs and any limitations on cultivation will defeat that objective. Section 3.2a makes it an offense to make cannabis accessible to a child, does not need to take into account the culture of indigenous communities, including Rastafari for whom cannabis is, is cultural and sacramental. This provision will surely be challenged as a lawful apart from being insensitive. Now, with regard to cannabis offenses, we say that the same critique applies and also in relation to smoking and consumption offenses, because ultimately these have never been workshopped or discussed with the cannabis communities. And then lastly, in relation to expungement of criminal records for cannabis offenses, we feel that there should not be an obligation on those with records to apply to have their records expunged. That uh, a duty must rest on the Department of Justice as we feel that 
with respect that is the least that the Department of Justice and the Minister of Justice can do so as to remedy the harm that has been done to the members of the cannabis community. And then with regard to regulations and schedules to the Act, these must Thank be you very much. development in our law. Thank you very, Thank you very much. much. And I would invite you, you very much. Thank you very much. Um, uh, uh, no, thank you. Thank you, Advocate Prince. Um, it's always good to engage with you because you are an expert on many of these issues. And I'd like to ask you about your concerns. Um, if you can expand about your concerns on the application of restorative justice, in, you, you touched on that. And then secondly, um, as a lawyer, your, your uh, view of Section 1A, which deals with the commercial activities, you did touch on that. But it, it basically says it's never authorized subject to other legislation and um, with your agreement that it doesn't quite make a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Swartz. With regard to restorative justice, it is a fact that for the past 27 years, the government has struggled to provide within the basic needs of South Africans. And it has always been our contention that cannabis allows the government to provide within those needs in a sustainable, reliable, and renewable manner. Therefore, we are saying that cannabis must be the prime substance that is used in order to attain the objectives of restorative justice. Now, dignity is very important in the lives of everybody. And in the South African context, Equality is also very important. That is why equality, freedom, and dignity are considered the groomed norms of our constitutional society. Now, your equality or your dignity means very little if you are hungry, if you don't have a house, or if you don't have clothes on your back. And we are saying that cannabis allows us to provide within all of those basic needs in a manner that would put South Africans to work, keep South Africans out of jail, and simultaneously protect our environment because the environment is seldomly factored into these discussions which we have. And it is the one thing that all of us, whether you are a racist or whether you are an activist, the environment is what we have in common and we need to preserve that for future generations. And cannabis assists us in doing that. Now, when it comes to the commercial activities, yes, it is a fact that we do not militate against the harms that is caused by uh, substances through penal or criminal regulation. The answer to that question is education. It is a fact that, indeed, tobacco and alcohol are exponentially more dangerous than cannabis. However, it is freely available within our society. Now, we do not uh, uh, downtalk the impact of substance use and abuse on the people within South Africa, but the point is simply that criminal regulation should not be used to remedy these concerns. Educative measures is what we must use, and therefore there is an, a great duty on the part of Parliament to ensure that the citizens of South Africa are educated in relation to uh, the impact of cannabis on, on human society as well as the impact of cannabis on our economy. And quite sadly, we feel that 
these have not been adhered to and much more can be done. Can I just say that our law quite clearly states that if either the National Order Assembly or the National Council of Provinces fail in respect of public participation, then Parliament as a whole have failed. Now, we are in, in our initial submissions, we state that the Section 75 designation of the bill was incorrect and that the bill is therefore in danger of, of being unconstitutional simply on that point. And then also in relate of the lack of public participation. Now, even in respect of the proposed amendments that uh, is, the, is the focus of today's discussions, we feel that there still hasn't been adequate public participation around these and to recall uh, a statement that the chairperson made that we must rush slowly. And, and that must be bear in mind. And instead of trying to rush this bill through parliament, uh, as one of the previous speakers have also said, we should rather go back to the drawing board to ensure that we do not get caught up in, in, uh, um, in litigation challenges, which will most definitely be the case if the bill in its present form is being put forward um, by this committee. So indeed, I'm going to the, 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 the inputs from civil society, the inputs from those that have been uh, uh, the most affected by this bill must be taken into account and serious attention must be paid to these concerns in order to ensure that this is a bill for the people, by the people, and that the people's parliament did whatever was in their power and more in order to ensure that this becomes a piece of legislation that everybody within South Africa can be proud of and which the rest of the world can look in envy to our society as a society that finally managed to get it right in respect of restorative justice as well as improving the dignity of South African citizens by providing in food, Thank you very food, much. shelter, health, education, and welfare for all people. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Any other question? Thank you very much, uh, Advocate Prince. Thank you for your inputs. We will now invite Rastafaria National Council. Good, good day, Chair. Good day to everyone. Yeah, let me put in my, my, cam my camera. Okay, uh, may I present uh, with my camera off just for bandwidth? Uh, good day, yes. everyone. You can do that. Okay. Uh, uh, my name is Rasandile. Uh, I'm a member of the Rastafari National Secretariat, uh, representing the Rastafari National Council on Matters of Cannabis, which I and I we do through I and I a forum called the Rastafari Ganja Council. Uh, you can move to the introduction. Uh, just to give a, a bit of a background about I and I, uh, as the Rastafari National Council, uh, Rastafari in South Africa is in a period of transition as I and I we are uniting and coming together to organize ourselves to deal with I and I rights collectively as one. Uh, so it is from I and I National Council that I and I send representation 
from the churches of Rastafari and the 18 active organizations uh, which are with INI. Uh, going forward, INI note that uh, the UN recommendations have not been uh, followed within this draft. The focus has been so much on being stringent in terms of the law as opposed to uh, taking time to understand and cater for the rights uh, for those of religious and cultural purposes, uh, as well as uh, for those who are in rural areas and who, who use ganja for their livelihood. So I and I uh, would like to ask the committee to look into such so that this bill may not uh, actually cause problems in the future uh, when it is found to be contradictory with the way even other countries are moving forward uh, by making sure that cannabis uh, is free for, the, for religious, indigenous, and recreational use. Next slide, please. Number two, comments and recommendations. Uh, as a Rastafari National Council, uh, mm -hmm. consolidating INI communities uh, submissions as one, uh, and noting that we have a diversity of members, but all of which are Rastafari. That's why INI, you might find that we have different organizations, but all of them are one with INI, and all uh, in part members of this a council uh, in unity and in solidarity. One of the first points is that no limitations should be put on, on the cultivation, possession, and supply of cannabis. Uh, and the fact that particular quantities are being prescribed is a violation of an religious rights, as we are not directly consulted uh, to say what will be uh, recommended from INI perspective. So we kindly ask that that be taken into consideration and that proper consultation be done. Having noted that uh, INI we represent seven churches and 18 organizations, it is just to show that even with as much as consultation we've done nationally, we still require more time to be able to reach all Rastafari. So consultation is still a challenge and it should not be ignored. Going on to the second point, the expungement of criminal records, which has also been raised. I and I, we applaud uh, the, the, the committee for, for, for putting that recommendation. But you also add, having consulted with our members, that there should also be a form of compensation for those who, were, who suffered because uh, they were taken away from their, from their livelihoods. It affected their families. It affected even their image within the community. So I and I, we should not just uh, look at the idea of expanding records, but look at giving compensation to those who were arrested under presumption of cannabis. Mostly those are from the Rastafari faith. And therefore, this also coincides with what uh, another speaker raised in terms of Rastafari getting special treatment. It should be noted that no one has suffered for cannabis like Rastafari in South Africa. And the records and pictures show that very clearly. And no one should uh, try to put themselves within the same context of INI. And any exemption given to us, to a Rastafari, is also extended to indigenous 
knowledge uh, uh, systems and, and cultural groups. That is why our submission also notes religious and cultural. So I and I should know that that submission uh, should not uh, compare with others who do not use cannabis for the same purpose of I and I, uh, looking at our history, looking how we were, we were disenfranchised and sidelined for the same use of cannabis. Going to the next point, uh, Rastafari to be prioritized in the commercial, commercial benefits of cannabis. This moves from the previous point which I've made that uh, I and I, we were left behind even economically, therefore we were crippled and I and I development was crippled in that sense. Therefore Rastafari should not uh, 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 be barred from participating commercially and it should not be left behind in the tail. Therefore, legislation regarding any commercial use of cannabis should in first part take note of the Rastafari community, religious and cultural community, which mean indigenous knowledge system communities, uh, which one has noted that a hundred years old. I must note that record uh, notes that Rastafari was founded in 1930, making it about 92 years old now. So, so I and I, we are very old noting that in part we have been there from the 1920s, you see. So Rastafari is, uh, in essence, uh, an indigenous culture, being there from a long time and having contributed to the struggle even of, of liberation. Having said that, uh, moving on to the next point, uh, the negative perceptions of cannabis as complicated in this field, uh, where they perceive the potential harms of cannabis are presented as actual harms. This is also a problem for I and I. The, pro the, problem, the problem is because, excuse me, being that the bill paints cannabis as harmful. It paints cannabis in a bad light. Now this contradicts the same exemption. I've seen such big improvements in my own dog. Actually, my mom's dog, it's like mine. Please mute your phones. Proceed, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, I was saying that the negative light that the bill portrays cannabis, it's very contradictory to the, to the very purpose of the bill, which is to cater for those of religious and cultural purposes. So we, can, we, we, we cannot be presented as, as people who are using a handful substance for religious purposes. That is contradictory. It shows the lack of research, again, consultation and understanding of the Rastafari community and uh, what, why and what do we use the cannabis uh, for in terms of, of religious, in terms of cultural, medicinal, uh, 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 palliative purposes as food that we cook. So that should be taken in consideration. Uh, therefore, the, the people should also note that there are benefits of cannabis and those should be promoted side by side with their potential harms as these are not yet proven. As we know that cannabis is least harmful, as we know that there are other countries who've, com uh, who've commercialized cannabis for, 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 for even those uh, in rural areas, even in the city, the working class who use cannabis after work, noting that the risk is less than that of alcohol and other relative drugs. So that should be put in part. So the history of South Africa of looking at, at cannabis as a, 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 in, a, in a negative stigma should be challenged 
and INI should look at the Rastafari community to give us the right perspective of cannabis because it has made the use of cannabis famous the world over and made it a normal thing. Next point, the, the recognition of community-based research should be taken in consideration. Uh, this also means that a recognition of prior learning should also be given uh, to, to members of the Rastafari community who might not have gone to school uh, formally in terms of education, but have experience uh, using cannabis. Uh, next, the classes of offenses uh, uh, for, for cannabis are too much and, and add to the negative stigma, uh, which I don't think are the same classes of alcohol use. Therefore, 15 years is too much of a sentence for those who use cannabis among themselves, even in cultural and rural areas, and limiting the quantity will also limit their survival. The next point, the Rastafari National Council should be should be should be should be afforded uh, uh, the stature of the official statutory body for Rastafari in terms of of all things, even relating to cannabis, with the Rastafari Kanja Council being a primary economic development entity. This said, Rastafari can self-regulate itself and its members as it has registration. It is a membership system, and it is implementing a system. I left just one minute. Thank you, sir. It is implementing a system of registration that will make it easier, as the, as the other speaker asked, how will you be able to identify who's the Rastafari community? So that can be done. Uh, and having said that, I and I must note that even as we move in this time, harassment uh, still continues upon the Rastafari community for the same help. And the Rastafari community should be given time to participate and even to be able to grow cannabis as freely as they can. Last slide. Yes, I, and, and lastly, the issue of exemption is only a stepping stone for I and I because our, 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 our human, our religious rights cannot be, be, be exchanged in terms of just a, 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 an ordinary exemption as this, but this can help us in the meantime from undue prosecution for, for, for exercising our religious rights, but more should be done and education and consultation is the key in that aspect. I thank you. Last slide. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much, uh, Ras Sandila. Thank uh, you. Are there any questions? Uh, no questions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the presentation. The Thank issues you. raised will be considered when we process the bill. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Um, committee Secretary, have we done all the organizations? Yes, Chair, that, uh, that was the last presentation. Thank you very much. Uh, members and to everybody on the virtual platform and those who are listening at home. That brings us to the end of our public hearings. Uh, that brings us to the end of our public hearings. Um, is Mr. Roberts uh, in? Would I see Mr. Dupree?
Good morning, Mr. Chairperson, King Tupriya, Department of Justice, Constitutional Development, Legislative Development Section. Um, Mr. Chair, I feel for Mr. Makudubete, my colleague, um, we are currently working in teams on our bills, um, and I feel for the committee as well, because uh, I've never written two exams on one day at university, but 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 you're, you're attempting to write two, two exams on one day. <laughs> so, Mr. Chair, and, and I haven't had the opportunity just to test my um, screen sharing with, with the committee secretary. So, um, if you would permit us, could we ask for a recess just for you, yourself, and, and, and the members just to, to clear your heads to, to go to the second exam for the day? No, no, Mr. Dickies, I think you, you, you are jumping the gun. We're just still on the cannabis. We are going to come to you for the, for the land court bill. My apologies, Chair. I am yeah. indeed oh, jumping oh. the gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think hey, chair, are... chair, can, I, can I come in there? It's the Mekmukulibete here, Chair. Are you from the department? Yes, uh, Chair, my, my name is uh, Mukulibete. I work with uh, Mr. Robert Se on the, the cannabis bill. All right. I, I hear Chair was looking for, for Mr. Robert Se. Uh, he, he did indicate to me that he was unable to connect to the meeting, but I did see him in the meeting, and I'm not sure if he's uh, still in the meeting. However, I am available to take uh, <clears throat> any instructions uh, from the committee in relation to the cannabis bill. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Mokulubete. Uh, I, I, I do see Mr. Roberts. Uh, uh, Mr. Robertson? Mr. Robertson? Yes, I think he has connection problems. Uh, members, uh, I think we should uh, give uh, the department uh, the whole of this week. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure whether they would be ready to brief us on the work done uh, by next week, Tuesday. Mr. Makulubete, would that be Makulubete? Would that be fine? Uh, sorry, Chair, you, you you got cut. I couldn't I couldn't hear what you were saying. Uh, apologies for that. Can you please repeat for me? I was saying to to members and to yourselves. Um, my proposal is that uh, we give you the whole of this week uh, to work on the submissions that you have received. Uh, would you be ready to, to brief us next week, Tuesday? Yes, that, that, that will be uh, uh, okay with us. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Members, are you fine with that? Yes, Chair. Thank you very much. So we will give the department uh, the whole of this week to work on the responses and possibly start working on the clauses. As you work on the responses, try to work on the clause, the relevant clauses, um, so that we can be able to take this work forward. I see Dr. Lutz is also part of the meeting so that we can try and uh, ensure that we move towards finalizing this bill. It has been outstanding for some time now. Uh, 
thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Um, members, can I suggest the following, which is unusual for the committee? Uh, can I suggest that we take an early lunch um, and we come back at one? Will that be fine? Fine, thanks, Jay. Thank you very much. Uh, the meeting is adjourned until one o'clock. Thank you very much. Okay. Are you a member of the department? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think uh, recording stopped. I don't think that person is a member of the department. Okay, thank you very much. So we will use the same uh, the same uh, login details, uh, Mr. Ramano. Yes, sir. Then so we, we can log off for now. Yeah, you can log off, you can log off for now. Thank you very much. Uh, sure. I'm sure.